0: Welcome to Biohack Your Beauty. I'm your host, Dora Vandekamp, and I'm here to help you find the most powerful beauty biohacks, nutrition principles, lifestyle habits, and spiritual practices for optimal well-being. My podcast offers tools to help you discover how to exude inner and outer beauty How to design a life of deep sensuality, joyful relationships, divine adventures, and freedom from disease. Most of all, I created this podcast to join you in co-creating a better world by standing in our own power and emanating our own authentic beauty. Let's biohack the mind, body, and soul, and let's do it together. Hi, beautifuls. I hope you're having an amazing week so far. I've been really busy preparing for the upcoming biohacking retreat that is happening the first week of October in Punta Mita, Mexico, which I'm so freaking excited about. Uh, I can't wait. I'm honestly marking the days down on my calendar I'm so excited and I can't really decide what I'm more excited about the neurofeedback sessions the nano v cellular regeneration sessions the hyperbaric oxygen chamber the infrared sauna or the amazing biohacking workshops I can't believe that this is all in one retreat I'm so excited so I'm hosting a workshop there as well and it will Be about biohacking your beauty, of course. Also, the meals are going to be amazing. They're all organic, no refined oils, no gluten, corn, soy. If you want to join me, which would be amazing to actually get to connect with some other biohackers and some other women who are interested in what I'm interested in, go to my Instagram page, click on the link in my bio. The retreat is called the Life Upgrade Retreat. So, you know, it's going to be so epic. Speaking of biohacking, I have an amazing treat for you today. Caleb Jennings is on the show and Caleb is a professional biohacker and expert in nutrition and optimal human performance. He coaches world-class CEOs, celebrities, pro athletes, and entrepreneurs, giving them the edge they need to succeed on the job, win the game look red carpet ready, and feel their best long-term without burning out in the process. And I know that happens for a lot of us. We burn out, we work really hard, and then one day we're like, oh my God, I can't do it anymore. So Caleb is all about preventing that. Caleb is the founder of Holistic Biohacking, a unique method of optimizing human health and performance using a data-driven functional medicine-style approach, combining the best of ancient practices and the most powerful modern science and health technology to achieve real-world transformational results. We talk about so much. We could have probably talked another like three hours. No joke. Uh, I know this is a little bit of a longer podcast, but I promise you it's worth listening to. We talk about biohacking, biohack ketosis, holistic biohacking. And at the end, we talk all about supplements, which is a huge part of biohacking. So I definitely recommend listening all the way to the very end. So today's show has been brought to you by one of the most awesome technologies that is out there to help you regenerate your cells, BioPhoton Services. And BioPhoton Services provides a revolutionary approach to how the body is healed. It's holistic and it addresses not only the physical, but the mental and emotional elements of wellness. How they do this is basically by measuring the meridians on your hands and toes, looking for disturbances that are correlated with your organs. And so the organs are very telling about what's going on in the body. And these disturbances, they are known as blockages. So chaotic light, which shows up in this process is known as blockages, and they can be neutralized so that this restores the foundation of the client's health, and then the body regains capacity to self-heal, and that's how this process regenerates healthy cells from the inside out. And you know, because you're listening to this podcast, how many forms of toxicity we are exposed to in our environment pollutants, GMOs, chemicals, heavy metals, electromagnetic radiation. So you understand that the body's immune system really needs help. And so this is one of the best ways I know how. If you mention my name at your first appointment, you will receive 20% off. You can check out their website at biophotonservices.com. All right, everyone. I'm very, very honored and excited to share this amazing episode with you. Without further ado, Caleb Jennings. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Caleb. How is your weekend going?
1: Oh, fantastically. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. We have so much to talk about. Um,
1: so much. We got a lot of detail and a bit of time.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So let's get started with how did you get into biohacking? What was the, the reason that you kind of got into this uh, biohacking journey?
1: interesting hilarious and long story uh though i do have to thank and also blame my mother she was a uh, super health nut back in the day and she was in the world of metaphysics and uh, she's a reiki master bioenergetic healing and so i grew up in sweat lodges and indian ceremonies and all sorts of wonderful things that a child doesn't really know about but is beautiful to learn about And I also got into athletics. So I was uh, formerly a pro snowboarder and do acrobatics, gymnastics, downhill mountain biking, a lot of really intense physical exertion. And so when you're young, you have all these energy stores. So I was just blazing through having a good time. And when I got older and moved away from home, got into business uh, and marketing more, that shifted my lifestyle dramatically. And so I became very sedentary behind a computer screen uh, versus being out in nature and working my body constantly. And so that caught up with me. And I had a series of health challenges from um, gut dysregulation and bacterial overgrowth and just so many digestive issues, uh, skin issues, brain issues. I've had over 28 concussions ranging from mild to severe in my lifetime. And at least those are the ones that are documented, (laughs) probably more elsewhere. And uh, within all of that, you know, I went to see doctors and I worked with professionals and nobody could really figure out what was going on with me. And so I was like, well, if you can't figure it out and you just read books and listen to smart people and studied things, I could do the same thing. So I started reading books and hanging out with really smart people and studying different areas. And in that, I was able to see you know, a lot of patterns of health emerging from the research, from the studies that I looked into, from all the different brilliant people around the world who didn't always know each other, but they were speaking the same language. And that was the language of optimal health. And so that really got me on that path because I like feeling really good. And I believe that it's everyone's birthright on this planet to feel good if A, they choose so, and B, choose to do what it takes to make that happen that's unique and custom for them because we are all so different and so unique. We have some similarities, but when you figure out the basics, which we'll be getting into here today, we're going to dive in so much to where you can just piece these together in your own lifestyle and customize it for whatever you need to do day in, day out, so you can feel amazing.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. What were some of the things that kind of blew your mind in the beginning when you started studying biohacking?
1: So, you know, originally, I I think I got my start like a lot of people and that's in the world of supplements. Um, And within that, my mom was a crazy supplement, uh, you know, hoarder of sorts. She just had cabinets full. You'd open it and bottles would fall out on your head kind of thing, right? And uh, that was my introduction to it. But I also thought that there might be something a little bit off where there were so many things going in. I was always curious how they would interact. You know, if you're taking 27 different things or 100 things, what's doing what and how are they interacting? right? And, you know, getting into chemistry, biochemistry, all the really geeky stuff of science, I realized that there was these interactions that really mattered. And we can touch on that a bit more specific to supplements, because there's really great ones I'd love to share here. Uh, But in that, it was just my journey of learning what worked really well and what didn't. And that's kind of what got me into it. And funny enough, supplements were first and then food came along second. Um I believe it should be the other way around. For most people I think you should start with food as the foundation and after everything I've learned it's like okay let's start there <laughs> you know food and environmental factors first and it over the years I moved much more into you know what I call working with the natural forces. And the natural forces are just the forces that shape this world and our lives and that we've evolved in for millions and billions of years depending on how small you go on the scale. And within that I'm talking about light and magnetism Talk about you know cleanliness of air around you that you're breathing because that's really critical um water is huge we're made up of so much water and it needs to be a specific kind of water for our bodies to function properly and to detox properly right and so when you work with these different elemental forces magnetism electricity and and light especially i've been finding that you can get such incredible and dramatic results without using as many supplements and without doing a lot of things. So we're getting better results in less time that sustain and you don't need to be on a monthly auto-ship for something unless it's something you really love that gets you great results. And you can stick to your favorites with that. And that was just really a big journey for me of just being a guinea pig and you know I have a, a mental framework that I use which I call the experimental framework and that's really just looking at life and living life as if it's an experiment back to back to back. And so whether it's a food or a supplement or a technology that you want to use, whatever it may be, you know, set a time, whether it's two weeks or six weeks, you know, pick a time that makes sense for what you're doing and just try it out, you know, like, let's see how it feels. And not everyone has access to laboratories and can do all the wonderful blood tests and, you know, various biological testing we can do, which is critically powerful if you really need it or in severe, um, you know, dysfunction with your health in some regard. It's really helpful to get those clues along the way. but. For most of us, we can just try new foods and try new ways of eating, try new ways of moving and breathing and drinking good water and getting good sunlight, and we can notice how we feel. Like We are the CEO of our own health. We are our own doctors in that sense. So we can play around, have some fun with it, reduce the overall stress, because health can be stressful for a lot of people. There's you know, even a dysfunctional disorder called orthorexia, which a lot of people experience of being so stressed out about their health that it is unhealthy. And that kind of defeats the point, right? So we want to get into this kind of playful childlike mindset of let's have fun with health. Let me try these new foods and see how I feel. Right. Uh, If I'm a little bit tired, let's see how I change my sleep environment and if that helps me sleep better and I have more energy the next day. So that that's really a lot of what got me onto this path in the beginning and just feeling incredible all the time is addictive in, in its own right to have plenty of energy, to have clarity of mind, to not have to rely on caffeine and other stimulants to get your nervous system through the day and your body inherently knows what to do right? It's just all of these different industrial toxins and and this modern environment we're living in with as much beauty as it is, and technology is fantastic at times, although, you know, little technological gremlins can come out every now and then. (laughs) You know, but within that, there are forces at play that disrupt our cellular functions. And they gunk up the works. You know, it's like you're trying to water your garden and there's a kink in the hose. It's just not going to work. So how do we clear the, the kink out of the way? How do we get the gunk out of our systems and detoxify naturally? And then Your body knows exactly what to do when you give it the proper elements to do its job the way it knows how to do. And that comes down to multiple factors, but mitochondrial function is a huge critical one we'll dive into. Uh, And mitochondria has its own unique DNA. And we've found recently in the past few years that mitochondrial DNA is actually the shot caller when it comes to nuclear DNA or the DNA that most of us know, right, that we get from our parents. And light is also uh, a huge, huge influence in our DNA expressing or not. So when you understand that mitochondria is the foundation, you work on that. And that supports your next level nuclear DNA, which is what you got from mom and dad. And mitochondrial DNA only comes from mom, right, our internal lineage. And when you put those things together, your body knows what to do. And that's just what I love helping people do is getting their environment on the outside right so that their environment on the inside can do what it needs to do to be right as well.
0: Very cool. And so when you talk about getting light, what do you mean by that?
1: Getting light. So this is one of the funniest things ever. It's one of my favorite topics. You know, I'm a huge geek for uh, the realm of biophotonics, which is the study of, you know, the science of how light affects biology. And most people think that, well, light is just something you see. You know, it's either on or it's off. You turn a flashlight on, you can see in the dark, you turn it off and it goes away. But what people don't realize as much, and I love that it's coming up more and more and more in, in the public sphere, and media is covering a lot more as well, is that the light spectrums that we're exposed to, we can only see a portion of the visible spectrum of light. That's why it's the visible spectrum. But there's much more to that spectrum than just what we can see. And in addition to going into our eyes, into our brains, and controlling things, including our DNA, we have photoreceptors in our skin and your skin is exposed to light. Now if you have the good proper types of light and just the easiest way to think about all this, right, if you're listening is just think about how would life be a thousand years ago. Like just just go back a thousand years. That's easy to kinda grasp in your mind, right? Go back a thousand years. Before there was the electric power grid. Before there was Wi Fi. Before there were fluorescent light bulbs. And what did you have? You had the sun. And the sun has specific recipes of light. Right? So you have some short wavelengths, some medium ones, and some long ones. And it changes throughout the day, and it changes through the seasons. So when you learn, A, where you live, and B, how that sun affects you, then you can work your schedule around to where you can get the best morning AM sunlight, because that's going to be basically a download of information into your brain, and to your skin, and to every cell of your body that things are good, things are right, and by the way, we have the light that is like the light switch in your home that flips on health. So you want to get that light in your eyes and on your skin uninhibited. So no contacts, no glasses, no windows, nothing between your raw eyes and the sun itself. Uh, First thing in the morning, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, 30 is ideal if you can get it. But just that is going to be such a game changer for your health because so much within us is controlled and augmented by light. And that's a big issue we face in the world is being indoors more often and being outside less often. And so if you can get outside, you can get grounded like bare feet to the earth, you get the natural sunlight in your eyes and on your skin, you're essentially creating nature's Wi-Fi. You're tapping back into that so you can get the download and you can stream the documentary of health in your cells all day, every day.
0: And so in the morning, if you're sitting in the sun for half an hour, 20 minutes, do you have to worry about getting sunburned or and also the health of your eyes? Are you concerned about maybe damaging your eyes with the sun...
1: Yep, these are really, really great points because as simple as it is, you know, a lot of people do need a bit of education on this. And uh, first off, don't stare straight into the sun, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good song, but let's not do that because it'll damage your eyes. Um, you know, and if your skin is, is is fairer and more sensitive, you know, I have, um, you know, Eastern European type lineage, and within that, I have been basically cast by the ghost most of my life. I have been very sensitive to the sun, I burn super easy, I rarely ever tan at all, and and really up into the past four or five years, I didn't tan ever. It, 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 if at all, it was a few days and it would go away. And I'm like, why am I back to white again? And, you know, we really? can realize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, and so what we're talking about is, is building up your sun tolerance, right, or what we call a solar callus, right? You think if you work with your hands, um, you know, men who work with their hands, for example, or women who work with their hands, you'll get calluses on your hands and your fingers to toughen them up. And you can handle sharper things. You can handle um, heavier things. And you get more grip on it, right? So we do the same thing with your skin. And so you start low and slow, like most things. You start with, you know, even if it's five minutes you can only do before you burn. I, I used to be like that. So it's okay if you're out there for a little bit. But each day work your way up a little bit more, a little bit more. If you do if you do end up going out on a lake or something or out on the ocean and you get a bit more sun, make sure to, you know, put some aloe vera, you know, gel on it, some essential oils after the fact to help it heal nicely. And don't go back out in the sun right after the next day, right? It's great if you can get some in your eyes, but not necessarily on where you've got burned skin. So you want to work your way up. And it's been funny, but I've literally had to dose by dose work my time up in the sun by you know five or ten minutes at a time and now for example this weekend you know we were out uh, on the beach at the ocean and it was you know it was out there for four or five hours in the sun the bright hot summer sun and i was fine i just got a nice tan and i didn't burn and it was all totally good so so if i can do this anybody can do this um if you would be out for super long extended periods of time you know using some cacao butter some coconut oil some of the natural oils helps keep your Skin hydrated and rejuvenated. Uh, but most sunscreens are toxic. And that's, you know, the toxicity level is something to be concerned with. I believe Australia just banned uh, sunscreens, so they're working on it. I know Hawaii's done some on that, and I think Australia's following suit there.
0: Yes, for, for good reason.
1: I yeah, really exactly. And we're blocking the rays that, you know, may burn us, but it's messing up the recipe. It's like if you were to bake a cake, you're missing certain ingredients that actually allow it to rise and and taste good in the first place.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Nadine Artemis actually talks about that, too. She says that you may not get red, but you still technically burn your skin. You're just not creating the symptoms of that burn, but you're still letting in other rays. So it's almost like you're blocking one set of rays, but you're not blocking the other. Set of rays. So it's really just as damaging to your skin, if not more damaging to your skin.
1: Yeah, and Nadine is wonderful. She's a good friend of mine for many years and, and got me really deep into the world of essential oils. So she knows her skin game inside and out, literally. Yes, and yes so phenomenal and and that's true you know what she's talked about and when you block certain rays you know it, it's a matter of like working out you want to work out your body to the point of damaging your muscle tissue because that's what helps you get stronger is the repair process but when that damage exceeds the amount your body can keep up with in repair both from an energy perspective and a building block perspective of nutrients that's when issues arise mm-hmm. so Get enough sun to stay optimal and healthy and work your way up with it. But don't damage yourself beyond repair to the point where you're causing way more oxidative damage than needs to happen.
0: Right. And so that light, does that affect your metabolism? Is that one hundred percent. Yeah.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And so it's amazing what we see a lot of issues being tied together in the research. The more they get into light in the research, the more me- pieces of the puzzle we're finding and for example uh you know diabetes and obesity uh it really starts in the eye and on the skin that's really where it begins because it tends to be correlated with uh, a lack of exposure to good healthy natural sunlight and grounding to the earth and without that connection you're inside all day you're under fluorescent lights you have blue light coming off your computer screens, off our iPhone screens, our iPad screens, the list goes on and on. And we're also being surrounded by EMFs, right? These these non-native EMFs, electromagnetic fields that are bombarding us. All day, every day where we go, unless you're deep in the woods in nature without any antennas around you, which is rare these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of these factors, it's never one, just one thing. It's, it's, that's the holistic nature of nature, is everything is connected. And if you're not getting the good light, but you're getting too much toxic light, usually is man-made light for the most part, then your body's going to be thrown off. And if your metabolism gets thrown off because you don't have the proper signals from the sun to tell your body, hey, it's springtime. This is how we need to process carbohydrates. This is how we need to work with sugars. Oh, by the way, it's wintertime now. We need to change gears because we're in a different stage. You know, it's a seasonal cycling of eating is something I teach quite often where figure out where you live, figure out what foods are native to your region. Find out the seasonal chart, and you can find this all. Just Google it where you are, and farmer's markets are great resources for this. And just eat real foods that come from your area ideally as much as possible, and eat things while they're in season. You know, eat them ripe, eat them in season, and cycle through. And if you have all four seasons, then you can just basically make four sets of meal plans. And every year, you just cycle those in and out, and you know you're going to be eating heavier, denser stews in the wintertime, more grounding foods. And in the summertime, let's say you love some fruit, you want to stay hydrated, it's amazing antioxidants, and you can load up on some of those and process the carbohydrates differently than your body would in the wintertime. And that's where a lot of people get confused. I think the macros is the only story. You know, proteins, carbs, fats. And sugar is just evil all the way around. Well, it depends on the type of sugar. It depends on where it comes from, how much you're eating, and also what sunlight you're getting. And this is a huge key for those that are into nutritional ketosis, for example. Ketosis will get you so far on its own. It's, it's amazing for a number of reasons we'll get into more. But light is one of the differentiating factors between whether it's going to actually work really well for you or not. Because if you don't have proper light, Your circadian rhythm is going to be out of whack. If you're getting too much toxic gent light, your body's got to process that, the flicker rate of LEDs and blue lights from your screens. And then from there, your body's going to be like, we don't know what to do with this food. Let's just save it and store it up as fat so we can figure it out later. And that's a big issue.
0: Interesting. So what if somebody works in an office and they have to drive to work 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m. so they can't really go out in the sun in the morning. They work in their office all day. And then they have to come home 6 p.m. They drive in traffic. That's a lot of people. How Mm -hmm. do they get their light? Is there anything that they can do?
1: of course yeah that's, that's one of the things no matter what situation you're in in life there's usually always something you can do and that's why I encourage people to seek out is if that's your lifestyle you know if you're if you're waking up at sunrise uh, depends on where you are because the light's different each season but if you're waking up with the sun getting that first light of the day is amazing so if you can wake up 20 minutes early to get 20 minutes to sunlight that could potentially change your life forever if you can do that so that is the first start the second bit of it is if you can't get that in the morning you have to be there in the office at the daytime you have a lunch break ideally so go out and get some sun then it's you know you'll need less of it and it's a different spectrum so it's not going to be as ideal but it's better than nothing and you know one prescription i tend to give people for the sun is i try to get out three times a day you know once in the morning once in the afternoon and once at sunset because then your body has the circadian because we can't be out there all day. And if you're in an office environment, uh, blue blocking sunglasses, you know, there's some amazing companies for that. Uh, You know, our friend James Swanwick has his Swannies. uh, He's got a Swanwick glasses. There is Raw Optics by Matt Maruca, who's a phenomenal biohacker as well. And uh, there's a few different brands popping up left and right where you're getting glasses that block the toxic light from entering your eyes. And those are incredibly helpful. I use them almost every day, um, depending on where I am and what's going on. If I'm in nature, I don't use them as much because I don't need them. But if I'm in home environments or office environments or anywhere that has light, uh, especially if I'm traveling, you know, I want to block these rays from my eyes. And then, you know, really, if you can cover your skin, that'd be great. But if it's really hot and sweaty out, you don't want to be wearing a turtleneck sweater. Um, So it depends on how extreme with it you want to go. But I also like to flow with nature and life and not stress myself out in the process. So Ideally, you just block out the lights. and If you can, get everyone to petition the company to switch to circadian-compliant lighting. If you can do that, more and more businesses are actually doing that now, which is phenomenal, because you can get light bulbs that mimic the sunlight, and it doesn't necessarily give you the sunlight because it's not the sun. But what it does is it reduces the amount of toxic lighting you're exposed to, and that exposure is one of the issues. And you know whether it's known or not, you know conspiracy theories aside, uh, people who own large corporations, uh, you know, think of like WalMarts and Targets and all these different big box stores that have fluorescent lighting in giant warehouses. Now, you know, like I said, I don't know if there's any intention behind this or not, or if it's just, you know, hey, it's the cheapest, easiest thing to work and make everything, you know, so you can see it. But that affects the biology and metabolism to a degree that actually encourages more spending and encourages more shopping, especially because you're there at night a lot of the time. And if you're in the middle of a Walmart at, you know, 11, 12 at night, your circadian rhythm is out of whack. You're not going to be getting good sleep. Your melatonin production is going to be suppressed and you're just totally throwing off everything within your body that helps orient you to the light and to the electricity of the planet where you are and to how your days and nights flow. And that is a huge metabolic disruptor.
0: Yeah, I've heard that one of the biggest biohacks for anybody who's getting started would be to get those blue blocker glasses, blue blocker glasses because that's one of the biggest things that disrupts your hormones is that blue light. It's besides the 5g it's kind of the big Mm -hmm. you know scary thing of the modern age is all of the blue light
1: yeah and it's you know it is scary at first when you get into it especially anyone that i send some resources to start getting into it more and more when they start piecing the puzzle together on their own they usually come back to me be like oh my god what do we do this is crazy there's toxic blue light everywhere there's ems everywhere five is coming, um and, and it is concerning and I, I personally don't want it to be scary for people. It can be very intimidating at first. But what I'd like people to do is just get a little bit of basic understanding about these things and also just focus on solutions. Focus on what you can do no matter where you are, no matter you know what lifestyle you live, what can you do on a day to day basis to support your body To be in a recovering, rejuvenating environment and to produce enough energy on a regular basis so your body can take care of detoxification. It can fuel you with plenty of energy. And, you know, things like the glasses and there's EMF blocking technologies out there. Uh, I've got these uh, awesome little green wave filters that you plug in and it just creates a dead zone. You walk in with your cell phone and it doesn't work anymore. There's no service. There's no Wi-Fi. It disrupts these signals. And so if you can... Oh this this is one there's a few out there but one is called the green wave filters there's a few different brands out there, but GreenWave is the one that I've got that I've tested with uh, you know, both the actual phone and also EMF meters and uh, I'm geeky like that where I like to test and make sure something's working. And uh, I encourage you to do the same if you can. And you can actually hire people like building biologists, they're called. And these people will actually come in and go through your entire home and show you where the electricity, the magnetism and everything you don't want to be around is in your home. And you can either fix it, patch it, remediate it, paint over it. There's a lot of really interesting ways to block these detrimental frequencies from disrupting you and your family's health, and that's a really, really important thing to do, especially with five G coming. You know, if we can all just turn our bedrooms into a bit of a Faraday cage uh, sanctuary that blocks all these toxic frequencies out, because we can't see them. Right, a lot of people have an issue with that. You know, if someone's smoking a cigarette, you can see it, you can smell it, you know it's bad for you, and you don't want to be around it. But what a lot of people don't realize is there's this very, very slow drip toxicity, the slow drip poisoning that is occurring with all of us. Everywhere we are, especially if you travel, you go through those things at the airport—the millimeter wave, uh, you know, get devices that down. try to scan you with.
0: <laughs> get the pat down.
1: Exactly. Always. Yep. I plan extra time just for that. I'm like, hey, free massage. Great. And we get to have a <laughs> chuckle with everyone there, right? And um, and yeah, essentially, you know, just on that real quick. A little ADD side note is, you know, I was traveling one time to, to Los Angeles, and I was in line for the pat down, and in front of me was another gentleman and his girlfriend, and he was really adamant about how important it is not to go through that machine, and so I just. Started up a conversation with him, and he actually is a nuclear physicist, and he's going through and he's teaching everyone at the airport, including the TSA, what those machines and devices are doing and how their calibrations are off, and he'd found proof of it. So he actually sent it to me. I was like, oh, thank you. And uh, so he actually shifted the entire line from our conversation, shifted from the scanner, through to the pat-down, and TSA was like, this is too much, and so they shut it down and opened up just the regular uh, one you walk through with, you know, metal detector, which is less uh, abrasive. So, you know, knowledge is power in this sense, and I really want you know, if you're listening to this, to empower yourself with the knowledge, not to be fearful of it, but to be inspired by it, to identify what you can do for yourself and your family and, you know, your friends, anyone that will listen. Don't be annoying about it. You know, people need to request this information. But if that invitation is clear, then there are resources that can really help, just like we're talking about here.
0: What are some of the potential health hazards of that radiation? Because I mean, you know, we have our cell phones in our hands so much throughout the day. So what is the potential health hazard related to that radiation? And it doesn't mean that you have to take out all the radiation. That's pretty much impossible. But there, since there are ways to limit that, why would you want to do that?
1: it's a fantastic question so we will get into it I can go super geeky on this the propeller hat style but I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible and it basically goes like this when you grab onto the positive and negative end of a giant car battery what's going to happen you're probably going to get shocked and blown across the room right that is way too much energy and it can harm you Now, we understand that because when you touch something that has a spark to it or you see a power line down in water somewhere, you know not to go near it. So, you know that this energy can travel through water and it can also travel through air. Right? But what we don't know without looking into the research deeper is how these larger macro effects of Wi-Fi frequencies, uh, you know, the 5G frequencies, which are much more concerning, and the EMS from our phone, other devices, even your refrigerator, you know, is a huge source of electromagnetic radiation that is creating a field that you can't see with your eyes, but that we can test and measure, and you can see with devices, just like we use a microscope to see really tiny things and bacteria and what's going on in your blood. You can't see that with your eye, but we have technology that enables us to see what's going on, and so. When you have something like that, if you get a tri-field meter, there's many EMF meters you can purchase, uh, you can hire the building biologist to see it. And there's ways you can interact with it to just have a better understanding, you know, a natural understanding of where the fields are and how to you know, remove them from your environment or reduce them, if at all possible. And There's a lot of people who are very electrosensitive in the world, and some of them literally have to move out to the middle of nowhere or go to you know, what we call dead zones, where there's no frequencies being transmitted or received in a certain range, uh, and that's the only way way they can survive and get get through because they're so much more sensitive to things now thankfully that's not all of us but with the advent of 5g it's gonna be interesting to see how many more people are going to realize they're electrosensitive and every human being on the planet matter how resilient you are if you have the wrong frequencies that are penetrating your skin that are affecting your blood flow that are affecting nutrients and minerals which are also conductive you know uh, heavy metal toxicity for example is one you know if you have heavy metal toxicity you're going to get shocked more easily because you literally are more conductive and then that makes you an antenna for these waves and so you're going to be bombarded by them much more than someone else who has great detoxification pathways and doesn't have as much industrial toxicity in their tissues so these are really really important to touch on and that's why I do focus a lot on detoxification Uh, you know heavy metals mold toxins uh, parasites you got plastics PCBs parabens VOCs that you know type of aerosols Um, you know if you're in a city and cars drive around that aren't all 100% electric uh, those are EMF field creators themselves but gasoline-based cars are spitting out toxins, lead and cadmium and all sorts of different elements that we shouldn't be breathing, that is really, really toxic to us and our bodies are doing everything they can and so for a lot of cases, for example, with weight gain, a lot of people don't realize that weight gain, you know, there's a lot of factors to it, but it's not just what you eat, you know, a lot of people will switch their diets and go really, really healthy in some regard, there's many forms, uh, many styles but they're wondering why they don't lose weight and a big critical key to that is that your body is in a protection mode Your body wants to keep things that are dangerous to your brain out of your bloodstream. And there's this thing called a blood-brain barrier, right? Which protects your brain from the rest of circulation. And there are certain particles and elements that are small enough they can get through there. And that's when we start seeing a lot of real interesting mental health issues occur. Uh, You know, neurological degeneration, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, you know, many different forms that can show up in various people. But all of them have in common this overload and overwhelm of toxicity and you know toxins like heavy metals for example store in organ tissues they store in fat stores especially it's one of the first places they go and also in the bones you know Um, this is something I've seen and I work with a lot of clients on heavy metal toxicity specifically and with them what we'll do is we'll go through a natural chelation round and it's a very specific protocol we go through to clear their body of these toxins but it has to be done in phases and it has to be done in steps because if you do it all at once, a lot of other problems can occur by being too much for the body to handle. And so going through, we clean out the tissues in the system, we get the fat you know, down in the body, right? So they're losing weight. So they feel great because they're looking better. They're feeling better. They have more energy. You're getting more of those toxins out. But most of us have metals stored in our bones. And with that, when you get them all out of your circulatory system and other tissues, like your fat stores, guess what else? Your body's to be like, hey guys, we have extra space let's move these particles out of the bone because they're not good here, but that's the last place we could put them. So they release that from the bones back into circulation. And so if you were to go do another heavy metal test, the week before, you could be clear of most metals and a you, you know, week after, you could be back high again because your body is slowly releasing these metal particles from your bones into your circulation again because your body says, hey, we have energy, we have room, we have space for this, let's get it out of our bodies because it's trying. your body's trying to protect you all day, every day and a lot of people You know, they have a relationship with themselves and their health that, you know, why is my body failing me? You know, why is this happening to me? You know, I'm trying everything. I'm working so hard. And and psychologically, it could be very, very frustrating and very challenging. And I've been through this myself over the years in a number of different formats. And, you know, you think there's something wrong with you, but there's not. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. There are a lot of things wrong with our environment and that is what the issue is because we're in an environment that is not conducive to health in most places, and most cases. And when we learn this, you can actually have a lot of compassion and forgiveness for yourself. You can actually be like, okay, actually thank you body for this overgrowth of candida because candida is wrapping itself around metal particles because of heavy metal toxic accumulation. And so candida can become overgrown, not because you're eating too much sugar, sometimes that could be part of it, but what's happening is it's trying to save you. It's, the candida is trying to help you. And what happens when you remove the heavy metal toxicity, guess what? The candida just calms back down and you're totally fine again. And a lot of people don't get this information when they should, which is ideally as early on as possible. And that's why I start all my clients off with uh, specific testing and also you know, various forms like chelation and different detoxification methods. Because I like to get everything that is stopping the body's natural processes of healing, I like to get all that out first. Let's take out the trash first and then your body knows what to do and then we can start refueling it and refilling it with all the other good stuff that we have access to from supplements to foods to superfoods to technology to natural forces, you know, and then from there your body can really put the stuff to work and anyone who has gone through a phase where they've lost a lot of weight, they've lost a lot of fat and then they start to work out again in the gym, usually you'll notice a big burst of muscle growth and a lot more strength and like, wow, my body's changing really rapidly. Whereas people that are in opposite boat where they try to work out really intensely before they lose the weight, they really struggle and they can work out as hard as they possibly can all day, every day and they might get stronger, yes, but their body is still holding on to fats, of course. It's still holding on to toxicity. So we get the toxins out first and we deal with anything that is disrupting your natural normal operation of health. And then we start refueling with the good stuff so we can put all those building blocks to work and utilize the systems in your body, detoxification, energy production, and just get you firing on all cylinders again. And that's what leads to optimal health over time.
0: And when you talk about a test or tests to see what heavy metals you have in your body, what, are, what do those tests look like? Is that a blood test that you do?
1: Yeah, so there's a few different ways to do it. Now, I will put out a warning here. Uh, The more and more research that we get, the more we're realizing the traditional methods of chelation, uh, specifically. And chelate, the word chelate just means to claw. That's actually the root origin of the word. I'm a geek for words and etymology. And to find out what the source of these things are so you can understand it better. And uh, to chelate is to claw out of a tissue. So it's something, you know, it's a, a particular element like DMPS or EDTA, for example. And this goes into your bloodstream, usually via an IV. And so they stick it in your arm, it flows through your circulation, and it basically binds to these metals and yanks them out of wherever they're hiding. Now, this can help a lot of people if done properly, but you really have to test your kidney function first. If your kidney function is already, you know, basically not working as optimally as it could be, um, you're going to have a real hard time because these chelating agents, uh, most of them are pharmaceutical based, which means they're very, very strong, but almost too strong. And uh, this is something actually, you know, um, you know, my partner, she actually ended up in the ER because of this chelation method, because her kidneys uh, were a bit too weak. And when I wasn't around to say yes or no to certain things, they pushed it on her a little bit more. And she's like, I'll be okay through this one. I've done it before. I can do it again. But this time around, it was too much. Plus, she had a couple of massages back-to-back. Some friends in town, so went to a massage on Tuesday, went to a massage on Thursday, and it was the deep tissue kind. So it's getting your lymphatic system moving, and her kidneys were just overwhelmed with the pharmaceutical chelating agents and had to take her to the hospital because of it. And funny enough, the ER doctors actually didn't know what chelation was, and they actually didn't know what EDTA or DMPS was. And I was like, "Wait a minute, aren't you guys doctors here?" Um, so she has to, you know, uh, she she me to not be as intense uh, when I'm in a hospital setting. <laughs> and just out of respect <laughs> for for doctors doing the best they can with okay. what they've got. And um, so, anyways, the the point is, you know, IV chelation can be great for certain people with healthy kidney function. Um, as a before and after test. That's how I personally prefer to use it if someone really wants to do it. I don't like the challenge pills where you take a few pills and basically they say, okay, take these pills, pee in a bucket, we'll test it and see. That only goes so deep because it depends on a lot of factors in digestion. If you do an IV form, let's say your kidney levels are good, you do the IV, and that goes in, takes about 30 to 40 minutes, and then you pee in a bucket for the next six to eight hours, and you send that in uh, for an analysis at a lab. And that's going to give you a really great look into what's going on there. And you can use that as a before, and what I do encourage people to do is other forms of natural detoxification and chelation of heavy metals. Infrared sauna being one of the top ones. If you do the niacin sauna protocol, which we can touch on a bit, because it's one of the top biohacks of all time that most of us have access to uh, in Western, Western countries for the most part, but you can use this as uh, as one of many different aspects for chelation. It's a real deep, complex topic, and I've got some trainings. I am you know, having the works that I'm going to be doing on these subjects more. But the testing is really critical to get right from this outset because if you get a false negative, for example, you do the pills and you're like, oh, I don't have that many heavy metals. You actually could have a lot more in your body that an IV would pull out that the pills wouldn't. So you want to make sure you get the right type uh, to do it. There's also another company that I absolutely love and uh, you know, Dr. Christopher Shade, uh, it's his company called Quicksilver Scientific and I really encourage anyone who is interested on the heavy metal path to go look him up. He is, uh, in my opinion, one of the brightest and most brilliant on the topic of heavy metal toxicity and detoxification and they have some phenomenal products that are liposomally based which means they're encapsulated in little fat bubbles and those fat bubbles can pass through Digestion and get used properly, whereas some other pills won't be digested properly. And so he has a—he actually designed and developed a patented test. It's called the Mercury Tri Test, and it tests for inorganic and organic forms of mercury in three different forms. And that is a combination of uh, you know blood, hair analysis, so bits of your hair, uh, salivary, and there's also the urine analysis spectrum as well. So basically, blood, urine, hair. And, uh, you know, uh, salivary tests are the main places to go because they come out in different forms and different metals have different pathways, you know, cause they're different sizes. So they go through different size tubes and our body is really just a whole series of tubes, right? So when you understand how to test properly, you know what you've got, and then you can go and get right to positive action to chelate those things. And then from there you can do a test afterwards and see how you did, you know, compare your notes and see if you won that game or if you need to do another round.
0: Very interesting. So let's segue into talking a little bit about ketosis. Uh, what is ketosis?
1: Well, this is beautiful segue in here. It's funny. I, In my mind, I'm very visual, so I see myself, uh, you know, hanging out with you on the beach, riding little segue machines, little 2 wheel <laughs> things, cruising down, you know, hopping off and go get on some surfboards. Um, but anyway, so, so uh, ketosis is... It's a natural program we have in our bodies that has been around since the inception of of humanity. It's actually what really helped us survive um, as long as we have to be here today, right, and continuing on further. And ketosis is really fascinating for so many different reasons. I I got super deep into this uh, by now. I think it's about six or seven years ago, I believe. And it's, you know, it was originally developed around the, you know, as a method to be used. So we've all done it naturally. Everyone in the world who is a human being um, has experienced ketosis in some level. They just don't really know it if they haven't tested for ketones, which you can do via blood testing. Uh, and there's some breath monitors as well that will tell you, but I find blood to be the gold standard. And so it's like a little diabetes type device, right? You'd usually get your glucose readings, but you have little strips you can plug into them that give you a ketone reading. And what this is is essentially showing the amount of ketone bodies, it is little molecules of energy that are produced by your liver and your colon. A lot of people know your colon actually produces ketones as well and this is a preferred energy source for certain organs like your heart, your brain, your diaphragm. Various different organs really love this ketone energy more than glucose-based energy, which most of us are familiar with, right? You eat food, you get sugar, it gets you going for a bit, you deplete the glycogen stores, which is sugar in your muscle tissue and your liver, and you get tired and you kind of bonk, right? If you're in the gym, you get really lightheaded and you don't want to keep going. And you need another little boost. And that's why so many of the workout drinks are, you know, filled with starches and carbohydrates because they're fueling glycolysis. They're fueling this process uh, using sugar as energy, but the, the similar analogy with cars, so you don't want to put sugar in your gas tank, right? It's going to gunk up your engine. And so these ketones allow our bodies to burn fat as fuel. And this is one of the reasons we develop fat stores, because it is stored energy. But how do we use that energy? We have to process the fat down, turn them into ketones, and that energy flows through and we feel rejuvenated and recharged. Now, most of us have evolved for this is a natural part of life we we basically go with nature we go with the cycles and so we we're naturally in a, in a ketotic state for much of the year you know we were primarily in ketosis until the advent of agriculture there's a whole lot of crazy history there uh, but we switched gears in our metabolism and switched more over to grains and carbohydrates and that was a little bit easier for us to manage especially with growing populations and so now with ketosis becoming a, a huge popular you know trend of sorts but it's not going anywhere ketosis is a is a biological program, it's not some fad diet. Uh, it's a biological program within us that isn't gonna go away anytime soon because it's essential to survival of the human race. And that's one of the reasons I love it. It's it's based in nature, from nature. It's not some you know fancy diet trend that might work for six months but stop working. Because this is using the fundamental powers of your organ system, of your body, to fuel you with proper energy. And the great aspect about ketosis is that it's naturally a detoxifying diet. If you do it properly, you have good, high-quality foods. Um, you know the, the general basic for it is um, you know low to no carbohydrates. Uh, you know, load of moderate protein. A lot of people miss it on the protein; they get a little bit too high. And um, a lot of people confuse it for Atkins, which is not the case at all if you do it right. And um, and then high fat, right? So you're high fat, moderate to low protein, and low to no carb, depending on uh, who you are, where you are, the kind of light you're getting, all those factors play in and the other amazing thing about ketosis i have to jump in because i could talk about ketosis all day every day Um, but the really really important one when we get down to the deeper you know more quantum biology and i won't scare anybody with any fancy terms too much but this one is an important one and is called deuterium have you ever heard of deuterium at all
0: no i haven't
1: okay so deuterium very simply is heavy hydrogen Right, we know of hydrogen. That's that's pretty easy, right? You got H2O, hydrogen, oxygen. But deuterium is a heavy hydrogen, so it's twice the atomic weight of hydrogen. And the reason this matters is because certain things like rainwater, uh, certain plants, um, all these different foods we would be eating, grains and carbs uh, and starchy vegetables especially, they can collect deuterium in the tissues of the plants. And what happens is. We get too much deuterium in our system. Now we need a little bit. It's very, very important for some other geeky things. Um, it has to do with your veins and arteries, and you need a little bit of it. But if having too much, you have something that is twice the size and twice the weight, and this breaks nanomotors inside of our mitochondria. Okay, so our mitochondria has different complexes, and it's processing foods. We're basically breaking down anything that we eat or drink. We're breaking it down into electrons and protons. And this is you know the really, really small level of of you know quantum biology, which is really fascinating, because the patterns at the really small and the patterns at the really large, they seem to be eerily similar in a lot of ways. So if you get the right electrons in, uh, your body has a lot of energy. But if you have too much of this deuterium, this heavy hydrogen in your tissues, it's going to gunk up the nanomotor, which you know looks like you ever see a revolver gun, like in the old Western movies. They fill it with the bullets, and you get like six shots. Um, it's kind of like that, but you know straight up and down. And it's dropping electrons in there, and you know this process is going on. And these things spin really fast at a very very small level. So you know ideally between 1200 and 1600 RPMs uh, at their size and scale, which is really really tiny. But if they go too fast or too slow, it's going to throw things off. And this heavy hydrogen is just like a giant rock falling into it and it breaks the motor and then mitochondria actually can't function anymore so you're losing out you're actually killing off mitochondrial cells because this ceturium is gunking up the works and this is something we see very prevalent with a lot of um, you know a lot of people who eat heavy 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 greens and vegetables I'm not saying you're bad thing you want to have a lot of good veggies but how you cook them matters and the types and sources you get of them really matters and the reason this is important because in ketosis, Primarily because it's a high-fat diet and low to no carb. You're having lots of great vegetables, leafy greens, broccoli, you're having sprouts, a lot of really good stuff. But it is a natural deuterium-depleting diet on its own because deuterium doesn't store in fat. It's only storing in the tissues of plants and rainwater and the water you drink those things also matter too uh, and there's actually a few places if you google around there's a few places that offer testing so you can actually test foods and water uh, and yourself there's a center in, uh, in LA actually that'll test you uh, for levels of deuterium in your body so it's becoming more and more popular which I'm excited about but a lot of people have never really understood the research behind why ketosis works so well for so many people both men and women alike and it's a bit different for women so I'd like to touch on that a bit as well but It works so well, not because of a magical combination of proteins, fats, and carbs, but it's working because it's getting, again, it's clearing your body of the excess amounts of things that stop up the motors from working in your body and your mitochondria. So if you take the gunk out, you remove the toxicity, again, it goes back to the point that your body knows what to do. Your body has been built by nature of some sort, you know, it knows what's going on. And so when you feed it the proper building blocks, it can build what it needs to, but also have the energy to clear out what doesn't need to be there. And that's a beautiful thing because I lost a ton of weight when I first started doing ketosis. And a big part of that was I was really heavy in deuterium. I had way too much heavy hydrogen in my system. And I'd done a raw vegan experiment for about three years prior. And so I knew I got real thin. I was super skinny, real thin. And what turned me on to it not working uh, was actually the fact that my back molar crack in half when I was eating, funny enough, it was cactus jerky, of all things, uh, while I was in Laguna Beach. And blood started pouring out of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on here? And I'm... You know, I was doing it the best way you possibly could. You know, I had all the top superfoods. I'm having mm-hmm. Vitamix blenders full of green yeah, drinks and kale. Sure. Yeah, so you know how it goes, and, and you feel great in the beginning because you're getting a, a super influx of nutrition. Uh, at the same time, it comes with anti-nutrients like oxalates and lectins, which uh, you know some people are more sensitive to than others, and that was my issue. I had too many lectins and too many oxalates from massive quantities of kale and other uh, you know, leafy greens like spinach uh, that I wasn't cooking. I was doing raw food, so I was eating all these things raw. So I'm getting anti-nutrients, which are sapping minerals and other things and blocking the good stuff from plugging in where they need to in my body and I was getting tons and tons of deuterium in my tissues. And so although I got down to about 135 pounds lean, uh, super skinny at that time, it was not healthy, and my bone density started to degrade, and so I did some testing, uh, some bone density testing, some hormone testing, you know, I had the testosterone of a 90-year-old male, it was just pretty much non-existent, and I didn't feel like myself, you know, I didn't feel alive, and you know, whether you're a man or woman listening to this, like, if you don't have optimal hormones, you're not gonna be yourself. And this is a huge key to it. So, uh, so it's one of the reasons I have so much love and appreciation and respect for ketosis when done properly uh, because it's going to clear your body of deuterium. You're going to be getting less of the anti-nutrients like the oxalates and the lectins. And if you supplement it properly with real food as a foundation and occasionally some other supportive supplements if you do want to get into that, it's an option. Uh, you're giving your body everything it needs to do, uh, all the things it knows how to do to take care of you. And that's, that's all your body's trying to do. So let's help it out as much as we possibly can.
0: Absolutely. So what are some good fats? What are some sources of good fats? And then how much of that should you be eating if you want to achieve ketosis?
1: so steady ketosis ideally you get a blood monitor so um, I recommend the, the uh, Abbott Precision Extra or the uh, Precision Neo, N-E-O. Uh, they're both the same device they both test the same uh, the Neo is just newer and looks cooler you know, basically with the readout it has uh, but they both do the same basic thing now if you get into testing your blood glucose and your ketones if you just test those a couple times a day every day for two weeks you will learn more about your own health your body and how different foods affect you than you've ever known and that any doctor could ever tell you because they don't look at this kind of data. So you can learn a ton about yourself and we each process carbohydrates differently. So how my body would interact with a banana compared to your body is dramatically different. It can be the exact same banana and the exact same amount, but we'll process it differently. So that's why I like to get people involved in getting to know themselves on a deeper cellular level, get to know yourself on the level of health and how your body responds to these foods. And when you have this data, it empowers you because you'll know whether you're actually getting into ketosis or not, right? A lot of people who use these urine strips that you you pee on a stick and it goes dark purple and you're like, "Yay, I'm in ketosis. Um, But that's not accurate, right? Because that is measuring what your body's excreting at a certain point. It's not actually looking at upstream what's going on and what's in your blood. So that's why I like the blood monitors because you'll know for sure if you're at ketosis or not. And to tell on the blood monitor, uh, at 0.5, 0.5 or above, you're technically in ketosis. Now, interesting note, at uh, 0.38, that actually is where the, the relevant lab values are to affect hormones like ghrelin and leptin, which work with hunger and society. So if you're super hungry, you have an influx of one hormone. If you're super full, it's another hormone taking over. So even below the state of technical ketosis, you're already doing wonders for your hormone levels related to your metabolism. So that's going to help a lot. Okay. Now, with the blood monitors in place, if you are in a state of ketosis of 0.5 or above, it may go high in the beginning. usually it goes pretty high because your body's producing a lot of ketones. But the next phase of it is the adaptation phase. So that's what we call keto adaptation, you know, or becoming fat adapted, a lot of people will say. And this just means that your body is kind of dusting off the rust and, and getting rid of everything and just kicking up the cellular machinery to metabolize fat more effectively. And what that 's going to mean for you is a you know dramatic amount of water weight that 's just going to disappear off of you you 're going to flush that, so you also want to support it with magnesium potassium and you know foods like avocados are amazing for that uh, and you know ground beef funny enough, you get good organic grass fed ground beef that 's got a lot of great potassium in it as well, and you can also supplement if you want to supplement with ma- good magnesium uh, or some potassium so that'll really really help with the you know, basically flushing of the water weight, and you're gonna get rid of some toxins there too, which is great. And along with that, deuterium is gonna be flushed out. That heavy hydrogen we were talking about, so that gets flushed out. And then what happens is the average is about six weeks to become fully fat adapted, and it depends on who you are. Some people need more, you know, time. Some people need less time. But uh, depending on where you are at, you'll know. You'll you'll feel and notice a shift um, in the sense that you'll have way more energy every single day. You won't need caffeine. Uh, or other stimulants as much, and you're going to be feeling great. Your mood's going to be elevated. Your body's going to be slimming down. You're going to be losing weight. You might see some muscles popping out you didn't know you had. So that's always a good sign. Uh, your skin will get clearer. Your hair will get stronger. Your nails will get stronger, and your hormones are going to be much more optimized. So if you're feeling a little bit randy, if you're if you're you know your hormones are optimized, your libido's through the roof. You're like, okay, there's something good that's going on here. That's a good indication that your body has healthy hormone stores, and so you'll know all these different things happening and, and all of which feel really good. So you know you're on the right track for that. And once you get to that state of becoming fat adapted, uh, what I like to teach often is, you know, I don't teach ketosis as an all or nothing forever type of thing. Um, it was originated as a method more in the 1920s for, you know, working with people with epilepsy and different seizure disorders. And they don't really still know why that helps. They just know that when medication doesn't help, ketosis does. So there's something really important to that there. Um, So as long as you don't have one of those types of disorders, if you're just kind of an average person who wants to lose weight, be healthy, build some muscle, and look great and feel great, ketosis is an amazing way to do that, and you don't have to be strict with it forever. You know, what I recommend to people often is, you know, give yourself six to eight weeks, do a specific focused ketogenic diet, high fat, you know, moderate to low protein, low to no carbs. You know, if you're more sensitive, just try to cut them out for a little bit. Uh, But you do want to reincorporate them and women especially need to have a different type of scheduling of of the cycle, right? Your menstruation cycle as well as cycling the foods you're eating because you need carbohydrates As a female to produce some of the miraculous hormones that allow you to give birth, which is one of the most incredible things that we as humans are capable of, specifically women. (laughs) So, you know, us men can get away with just doing keto for a bit longer because we don't have some of those hormones Uh, in as abundance as you do. But with that, you need to understand that what will work for a man in ketosis may or may not work for a woman in ketosis. And some athletes love ketosis for athletic performance, and they're not concerned about fertility, uh, you know, especially if they're in the Olympics or anything else. Their focus is their career and their sport. And so they can actually use that to offset and delay their cycle and immediately to infertility temporarily. Uh, but you need to be aware of those things so that you can work with it based on what your goals are. If you're trying to have kids, you're going to want to cycle more carbs in, right? Cycle out of ketosis, cycle back into ketosis, and use it more as, you know, uh, a maintenance Uh, type plan right but if you can get fat adapted that upgrade to your cellular machinery it's going to be so incredible for your health in so many ways that even if you did one cleanse let's say you did a keto cleanse for example six to eight weeks That alone is going to supercharge your body, and it's going to help get rid of so much gunk in your cells, and it's going to help burn off a lot of fat, get rid of a lot of water weight, and also purge your body of that heavy hydrogen, that deuterium. So that's going to set you way, way ahead of the curve in how you look, how you feel, how you perform. So that's really, really important. And then the cycling of ketosis is something I encourage. You know, I don't, I'm not in ketosis all the time. I'm in it most of the time. Because I've had a lot of head injuries, it helps a lot with managing ADD and focus and productivity, uh, you know, mood swings, everything else, it's really good for a lot of those aspects. So I like to stay in it more often. Um, However, you know, it was, uh, you know, uh, Crystal's birthday this this past weekend. And so uh, we had a lot of wonderful, tasty, delicious raw food treats and all sorts of great healthy things. But there's a lot of sugar. There's a lot of carbs in there. So I'm not going to avoid eating these delicious things that are nutrient rich and super tasty and uh, so lovingly made by, you know, friends and family. I'm going to enjoy those things. But I do know that once that is done and I finish the last raw brownie or whatever it might be, that, uh, you know, I can get, back into ketosis within six to 12 hours and my blood monitor will show that and I can work out some more and I can get good sunlight some more get the good water and get really great sleep and all these things collectively add up to optimal health on a day-to-day basis and feeling better all the time
0: can you incorporate so vegetables are a big component of ketosis but vegetables do have a certain level of carbs so how much how many vegetables or how much vegetables can you be eating uh, throughout the day? Because the, the level of protein isn't very high. It's mostly fat. So if you're eating a little bit of protein, how much vegetables would you eat? And then you talked a little bit about what the way to cook those vegetables. So what are the vegetables you want to cook? How long do you want to cook them? Which ones do you want to eat raw?
1: That's a really, really good question because um, you can go to chef school and still not know all these things. Um, You know, but the, the simple tactics for it are this. Um, If you can get uh, one of those instant pots, those hot pot pressure cookers, those are one of the greatest kitchen tools you could ever have because there's, you know, like the lectins and the oxalates that are in certain greens and certain foods, um, the pressurization actually kind of blows the the lipopolysaccharides up. It blows these lectins up to where they don't affect you in the ways they normally would if they were consumed raw or cooked in another method. So that's one really great way that pressure is going to – you can have the same food cooked in a pan or cooked in a pressure cooker and it's going to be radically different in how your body deals with it. And so that's a real good key for, um, you know, different foods that contain high amounts of lectins, you know, nightshade vegetables, um, you know, potatoes, you know, rice, there's various different things that have this in there. And ideally you're not doing as many carbs while you're doing ketosis, or you keep it uh, low to no for a short duration of time, and then you ramp it up a bit. And with the fats, you don't have to worry too much. You want to get some good plant-based fats, some good animal fats. There are many, many fats you get there, avocado oil, algae oil, avocados themselves, coconut products. And with the the greens and the vegetables, I like to tell people to just, you know, as long as they're not high-sugar, high-starch veggies like carrots and beets, I like to tell people to just not even count them. You know, a lot of people get really stressed out about counting calories and their macros here and their macros there. You know, I've tested it every which way, from A to Z, up, down, and sideways, and I've found that I have lost more weight when I've had four to 5,000 calories a day, which goes against so many people's beliefs about the science of calories in, calories out, and uh, I've had other things happen where I've gone, you know, super low calorie and still performed well, too. So... It depends on where you're at, but I want you to have way more vegetables because you're probably not getting as many as you think. And a great way to do this is making green smoothies in the morning. You know, that's one beautiful way to do it. You just chop up some veggies. A quick recipe I like is some celery, some cucumber, some cilantro, unless you're heavy metal toxic. That could be a little intense for you. Uh, Some parsley, some ginger, some lemon. I love adding fennel into them as well uh, so it's like one quick fun recipe that I absolutely love and have on a regular basis uh, green juicing is phenomenal because you're pulling away different elements you're just getting the blood of the plants you know it's plant blood you're drinking it and it's super hydrating you have lots of chlorophyll you have lots of really great nutrients in there uh, but you also do want the fibers you know we need to get more fiber, so you want good fiber from the veggies as well so if you are preparing these foods you know sautéing cooking baking uh, pressure cooking when at all possible is really great for that and I you know some of my favorite vegetables for example specific to ketosis are uh, more sulfurous ones so like broccoli and cauliflower and brussels sprouts are some of my absolute favorites Um, I love loading up on sprouts but I tend to eat those raw Uh, I tend to avoid kale it's just you know for me unless it's cooked properly and sometimes it's a pain to cook that way I just tend to avoid it more often than not because I had so much that my teeth literally started to disintegrate Uh, so I was like I got my fill on kale for the most part Uh, you know apology there to, to kale lovers. But uh, if you have your kale, cook it, you know, and if you're cooking it, let's say you're throwing in some water and steaming or boiling it, add some calcium powder to the water because the calcium is going to bind to the oxalates that are in the fibrous greens and pull that out. So you can extract more nutrition from the kale and still get the benefits you want from it. Um, You know, a lot of my friends actually do uh, cooked kale smoothies. So actually cook the kale with the calcium in the water, dump the water off, and they'll use that cooked kale and they'll toss into a green smoothie, right? So you could do that. But it's another step, it's another process. And if you need to simplify, get a pressure cooker, throw things together, get lots of good leafy greens to vegetables. And again, you'll know, keep seasonality in mind. So shop at farmers' markets, learn from the farmers around you of what's in season. and it's it's your your body and your brain have evolved in a way that you know what these things are. Even if you haven't studied it, you don't have to. If you start to talk to farmers, you know after a year or two, you've gone through a few seasons, you'll know what food is in season where you live. And it's very easy and you can look it up online and just stick with those foods in those amounts. And if you are having more carbs or more sugars, try to keep them in the evenings at nighttime. That tends to be when you know you process them best. And one of the, the greatest ways you can actually change your schedule in addition to the nutrients of the vegetables is working on the bookends of your day. So in the morning, we were talking about you get good sunlight, and also the evening. So if you can stop eating you know, three to four hours before you go to bed, that alone is going to dramatically affect and improve the quality of your sleep and recovery in that period, and it's also gonna support healthy metabolism. It's gonna help you lose weight. You know, some people, all I have them do, if they're, uh, you know, some of them are slow learners and some are fast learners. So the ones that are fire hydrants, I hit with all this information and more, and the ones that take a little bit longer to get into it or they need to practice one step at a time, that's totally fine, but one of the first things I have them do is not eat until a certain time in the morning based on their schedule, and so they do a little bit of intermittent fasting, and then to stop eating at a certain time at night. And that, and we actually don't change their food, we don't change anything else, just the times of the day. And that alone will help them get a little bit more energy, sleep a little bit better, and that's you know the evidence that leads to confidence that allows them to take the next step. And that's where we start to make progress on the path to optimal health that's custom and unique to you as an individual. And that's really, really important to have.
0: What is the time frame that's optimal for intermittent fasting? If you're going to get up and... Um, what would be, would you have a breakfast or would you just drink water until a certain time? And then what would be the window of time that you would eat?
1: Yeah, so that's going to differ for everyone based on their schedule, based on their lifestyle, See the type of you know, career they have or anything else like that. And again, women and men are a bit different, Uh, but I say everyone can start playing around with it. And one of the best ones is, you know, there's like the uh, 16-8 window, right, where uh, you fast for 16 hours of the day and you, you know, kind of eat all your calories of the day within an eight-hour period. Um, You know, I have noticed for myself personally that I work really, really well with, um, you know, many days I'll do what we call one meal a day. And it's not necessarily intentional. I just tend to be so satisfied and full and satiated all day long and I have so much energy that I forget to eat. And that's actually, it sounds funny, but it's actually a really cool bonus of you know, ketosis. When you become fat adapted, you have a lot of energy already on you in terms of your fat stores. And so if your are selling machinery is actually going through and like, hey guys, we need a little bit more energy here. Let's pull it from fat. They know how to do that and they have quick access to it. And so you, you burn this more effective, concentrated, clean fuel from your fat stores. And you can supplement it with other fats. And so I'll have, you know, if I'm having anything in the daytime, it be liquids. Um, you know, I love staining nettle tea. I love um, various forms of coffee when I am drinking it. I cycle coffee and stimulants because I like to give my adrenals some love and, and not stress them out too much with uh, overstimulation, which a lot of us just naturally fall into a pattern of. And uh, you want to give your, time, your body time to recover and rejuvenate. And so I'll usually just go most of the day. And around, you know, four or five in the afternoon in the early evening I start to get a bit hungry. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to eat some food. And so I'll have usually that one big meal. You
0: know, I like You can. <laughs> I, know, right? I like. I never forget to eat. I'll always remember when I'm like, oh Time to, oh, time to eat. So I'm hoping maybe I will master ketosis and then I will have that issue too. Oh I forgot to eat. I can't believe it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Be nice. Yeah you <laughs> You know, so many people I work with around the world—they run into that, and it's usually a really funny thing. They just one day they realize, like, "Oh, I haven't eaten anything all day, and I feel amazing!" Right? And that's where the power of fasting can come in, right? And there's there's various forms of fasting um, that you could play around with, and this one is, in particular we're talking about is intermittent fasting. So that really just means you pick a window of time in the day that works for you to eat all your calories within. And you know, the sixteen-eight window is a good one for people to start with, but I encourage everyone to customize it you know, to you, to you, to your lifestyle and to how fat adapted you are, because if you're not as fat adapted, you're going to get hungrier sooner. And a lot of people feel like they have to struggle and fight through, you know, feeling groggy and tired and, uh, you know, just kind of unhappy in certain ways. And it's like, you don't have to do that. You can still support yourself throughout. Uh, you don't have to be very rigid, black or white with this. So, you know, wait until, you know, 10, 11, 12, and have something to eat and then, you know, have another meal a bit later and then just pick, you know, whatever your bedtime is, go back three or four hours, pick that time and just say, I'm not going to eat anything past this time. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as that. You start there and then you can play with it and you can, you know, try one meal a day. That tends to work really well for a lot of people. Um, And the the reason it works, I'll share this insight uh, because it's a really fascinating point, is, you know, the one meal a day type approach and various forms of fasting are so incredible because again going back to electrons and protons right these little tiny bits that we're breaking food into that we turn into energy right we create you know use light and water and we create atp this natural cellular energy we have a lot of people will have these broken nanomotors that i was talking about with deuterium and when you flush your body of this deuterium and your body gets back into gear it can catch up on the flow of electrons and what is overeating but basically putting too much in that your body can't process and so it's going through the digestive system and it's like a conveyor belt it's like hey guys we're moving along to the next phase right we're going from large intestine small intestine we're going through the colon like things are moving things are happening and a lot of people experience a backup an overabundance of electrons and they bounce around and they cause oxidative stress in the body and they damage dna and when you have too much of this stuff bouncing around in your body it's going to cause a lot of issues and so the one meal a day in various forms of fasting People respond really, really well to them because you're giving your, your the machinery of your body you know an ability to catch up on the workload. Like think of boxes on a conveyor belt, like uh, like Lucy, like uh, you know I love Lucy style, right? Where she's like eating the chocolates on the conveyor belt. You know if there's too many boxes on there, too many electrons going through your mitochondria, they can only keep up so much. So we need to clear that conveyor belt out a bit and give it time to catch back up and go at proper speeds. And that's where fasting and one meal a day type approaches can really help because it's giving your body that break, that fasting break it needs. It's still doing work, even if you're not eating food and it's pulling from your fat stores. So things are happening. Uh, It's just a really great way to help catch your your body up.
0: When we were hunting and gathering, you weren't eating all the time. You were eating when you could. And so a lot of times that was once a day. You know, the hunt was whenever and then you were taking that animal and you were eating the animal whenever you could but it wasn't like you were three meals a day you know getting all yep. of that th- that those calories in so it makes so much sense to me that it's just a natural process to have one meal and then allowing that digestion process to take place it's interesting though and i think part of it is our cultural understanding of metabolism. But a lot of people believe that they should be snacking all the time because otherwise their metabolism will slow down.
1: <laughs> yep. That's a good old myth.
0: Yes, yes. So I'm glad you can dispel that for us because a lot of people that I've talked to even, I say fasting is good. And they say, no, it's not. Your metabolism is going to slow down and, you know, you should be snacking. You should eat every two hours. So I'm glad that you can yeah. sit here and confirm <laughs> Not true.
1: <laughs> Not true. I mean, you know, for some athletes, you know, for some people who are really working their energy stores and really depleting themselves, they will need to refuel more often. You know, in that case, there are always you know exceptions to the rule of sorts, right? Yeah. But at the same time, your body's going to adapt. That's key. You know, it's one of the key gifts we have as being human is we're so adaptable to environments. And if you're snacking every two hours, your body will do its best to adapt to that. And if you fast and you just do one meal a day, your body's going to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And so the game is to, again, play and experiment with all these different methods and tactics and, and ways to approach this and to find out what you feel best doing, because mm-hmm. it's usually not going to be the same thing over and over again all the time. You know, A lot of people wish that was the case. You figure it out once and just do that forever but everything in life and nature is ever changing. And the sunlight is changing, the water is changing, you know, what's in a vegetable is changing based on the seasons, the types of foods are changing. And there, there are reasons for this that when you get into them, it's a very beautiful orchestra, symphony orchestra of nature and the cosmos. And that's going on outside of us as well as inside of us. And so if you feel better and you're looking great and healthy and you know your lab markers are looking good and your nutrients are high and you have no problems and you're snacking every two hours, good. That's awesome. That's great. You got to figure it out. But if not, there are other things you can do. And it doesn't have to be that because that's a little bit of outdated knowledge. So mm-hmm. it's good. We can, we can kind of squash that one, but leave a little exception for anyone that it does work really well for. Right.
0: Yeah. And so when we talk about carbs, one of the things, I mean, I was a raw vegan for a while, for a long time, actually, and it ended up not working for me long-term, but on that sort of diet, you eat a lot, a lot, a lot of fruit. I love fruit. Everybody loves fruit. Can you eat fruit in ketosis? Can you be in ketosis or practice that diet and eat fruit?
1: The short answer is yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no. Um, The funny thing about that is when you become fat adapted, your carb threshold or the amount of carbohydrates and sugars you can process will change. Now, if you're first starting out in ketosis, uh, some some people have to cut all carbs and sugars out completely and just basically have uh, you know vegetables, greens, low sugar versions, um, you know, lots of good healthy fats and some proteins, and they just stick with that for a while, and that's good to get started so you can fat adapted. But again, because we're doing the testing, right? If you if you are testing your glucose and your ketones, you'll see the fluctuations over time. And there's charts you can look up online to show you where you're at, and so you can see where you are along that phase and what I started doing was some carb threshold testing. The deeper into ketosis I got, so the longer that I practice it, the more benefits keep being unearthed. And you know, in the very beginning of doing it, um, you know, I noticed uh, some dips in energy and dips in strength and endurance in the gym. You know, I, I had set records in the gym working out at the time, and when I was, you know, the first few weeks of ketosis, I was a bit more tired. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm supposed to be feeling better. But because I had this experimental framework in mind, I I let it go a bit longer. I'm like, you know, just push it a little bit more. And if after, you know, the time frame I've given it, if it's still going wrong, I'm going to have to change things up here. And the amazing thing happened. It was funny. It was a little before the six weeks. It was right around five to six weeks. I got back in the gym. I was actually in Austin, Texas, uh, speaking at an event down there. And I got back in the gym. And I worked out and I realized that I had gotten back to where I was when I first started the experiment. So I, I reached the same records that I had left off at. And it's like, oh cool. So it took me about five, six weeks to get my strength, endurance, and stamina back up. And then I came into the gym two days later and I crushed those records. Just demolished them. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. That I've never hit this level before. What's going on here? And it continued to increase. And it's fascinating because when you get into ketosis, your body's gonna change in so many different ways that the amount of carbs you can handle in the beginning are going to be lower than what you can handle. After a bit of time. And so again, like you, you know the carbs, and the sugars, the berries, things like that. It's good to start with the low sugar berries. So blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, um, you know, some of the smaller, lower sugar fruits. Uh, strawberries, you get a little strawberries a bit higher sugar, but they're super tasty and great antioxidants too, good fibers. Um, the The bigger, you know uh, sugary fruits, right? Uh, a lot of people call fruit bags of water have you Yep, figs yes figs are phenomenal we actually just got some figs from a friend's fig tree and they are so So juicy delicious
0: but yeah so good it'd be something you'd want
1: to start start with and no (laughs) not not start with yeah and especially dried fruit you know dried fruit it's great for packing and camping sometimes but it is just pure concentrated sugar it's it's intense Mm -hmm. um and you're getting some of the fibers but just all that concentrated sugar it's just too much for your body at once so eat fruits that are in season uh, even moderate amounts, you know, um, some people can have a lot more than others. So, again, you got to test for yourself to see what works best for you. Um, and it depends on where you live and the sunlight you're getting. That actually allows you to process more carbohydrates and sugars more optimally than if you weren't getting that good sunlight. So if you want to eat more fruit as a reward, make sure you get good sunlight because then you can reward yourself with that fruit. You know, when I lived in, uh, in Hawaii, I was on uh, the island of Maui for a while, and it was you know, beautiful sunlight, I was out in the sun every morning, I watched the sunset, gorgeous over the ocean every night, so beautiful there, and there's That's such an abundance, to live
0: there. oh,
1: exactly, yeah, as much time as you can spend there, yeah. for those that live there, it's amazing, and you know the, the sunlight you're getting is helping you, there's so many natural fruits that grow in season uh, on that island, and, and all the islands around, that you can handle a lot more of it when you're in that environment. Right, you can just load up on on sugary fruits and and process them and still stay lean and strong and look beautiful and perform well. But in a state of ketosis, if you have too much sugar, your body's going to switch gears and go to glucose metabolism and away from ketosis-based metabolism. And ketosis is burning fat as fuel. So if you're getting enough fats and your body knows how to process them, you're going to have plenty of energy. And if you have some fruits in there, too, it's great. And also, don't be afraid of it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm in ketosis. They're doing the readings every day and they have some fruit one day and they're like oh no i'm not in ketosis anymore and and they think it's this terrible thing and it's not like just chill out relax they're okay great i'm not i'm not in ketosis I'm gonna have some sushi tonight, right? Yeah. I'm gonna have some yams, or so sweet potatoes. I'm, I'm gonna enjoy some of these things. Uh, have a dessert or something, that's great. And then you can work on getting back into ketosis tomorrow. You, know, you fast all night, intermittent fast in the day. Uh, you know, if you drink tea or coffee, you can have some of that in the morning. A lot of people love Bulletproof style coffee, you know, good fat coffee in the morning if they can have butter or coconut oil. Um, you know, there's uh, different MCT oils. There's many different fats you can include into drinks. So that's a good way to get yourself back on that. And you can train yourself to get into ketosis within six to 12 hours very easily uh, after the initial six weeks of adaptation. And once you're there, you can just cycle it out as you wish. You know, you can have some treats and go back into it, but it's a really great way to maintain everything. And then that gives you the time. It kind of buys you more runway when it comes to your, your metabolism and your health because then you can figure out what, other foods are best for you to have because you want to up the quality of the foods and the nutrients you're having you know you you have grass-fed organic meats ideally from where you are you know nearby you from good farmers um, you know if you're having good fruits and vegetables you want it to be ideally organic biodynamic and local to your environment if you can and you want to make sure that you're eating good quality real food because that's what your body knows how to process but in, all the processed and refined foods and flours and sugars and all the, the gunk that we have filling the grocery store aisles to Today, it's destroying our health left and right, and you know for the sake of profit. And there's a phenomenal book called Salt, Sugar, Fat, um, by a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. And this guy goes behind the scenes into the big food industry, right? And I say big food as in P H O O D, right? Uh, just like this <laughs> fake food stuff. Uh, but he goes into Campbell's and Nabisco and Nestle and all these big companies, and literally walks you through in very visceral writing. You know, his experience of walking through the labs that they walking
0: have. into like the, the ring of hell. <laughs> Pretty
1: much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a place you walk into these laboratories and they have all these brilliant scientists from around the world uh, in there and they have rooms with double-sided mirrors and they have children inside of these rooms playing with toys and they're giving kids all these little marked canisters of yogurts and different sugary foods And all these different things because what they're doing is they're trying to hack what's called the bliss point. And it's a specific neurochemical state where it is the highest addiction oriented behavior to buy the food on a consistent basis and still be hungry so you can have more, right? So it's a profit agenda they've hacked in here. So they're literally hacking your brain in a negative way to keep you addicted to foods that are killing you because that's what makes them money. And and, you know, we're seeing more and more shifts in that industry which I'm so happy about but get rid of that stuff just eat real food if it didn't grow out of the ground or come off of a tree or a bush or come out of the ocean or off of some land like don't eat this stuff you know it's fairly simple with the advent of paleo and a lot more health awareness you stick to real foods your body knows how to really handle them you get some of the fake foods or mixed up foods even raw vegan treats you know, it's kind of one of my pet peeves Yeah, I have a long history in the raw vegan world and had a, a very large business in that world we did we hot cleanses and different uh, plant-based protocols for cleansing and health and detoxification but they were all short term but it, it got confused to be a, a lifelong all the time thing which it wasn't intended to be uh, but within that there's all these raw food treats and raw vegan treats and vegan desserts and that's one of the things they, they're so well known for in that space and some of them are absolutely delicious and you can make a lot of great stuff at home but still there are companies that are processing the crap out of these foods mm-hmm. and turning into something your body doesn't recognize so if it has the latest of raw or vegan or whatever it may be don't always just trust that label I mean you make sure you know what that food is make sure you know what each ingredient is that they're sourced well they're sourced properly ideally they're organic so you don't have to worry about glyphosate and pesticides just eating holes in your gut lining because that's what they'll do amongst uh, nervous system issues and you just want to get really really good healthy clean stuff get good sunlight get good water get your body moving in the morning you know these these foundational basics will go so much farther uh, for you than not knowing what to do and just running around grabbing anything that looks shiny and, and looks tasty from the marketing perspective.
0: Absolutely. I think that's a really good point too, because we are so, we want simple. And I think often we are very attracted to what's familiar. And so you go to the store and it says raw vegan on it and you go, Oh my God, that must be healthy, but it has a ton of agave in it. Or you mm-hmm. know, I lived for like five years on Raw chocolate and I was thinking, <laughs> lots of cashews. I was literally living on sugar, you know, and yeah, I mean it's delicious, and you know there might be worse things. Uh, it had enzymes in it. I'm, you know, you're all about the enzymes when you're a raw vegan, but the levels of sugar and it is still processed a lot of the time. So yeah, I, I think that's a really oh, good point to be really aware and conscious of the foods you're choosing. So on a Uh, keto diet, are there any foods that you might want to avoid?
1: Yeah, foods to avoid. I mean, mostly, like we just discussed, the processed type foods, refined flours, refined sugars, you know, very starchy uh, vegetables, very starchy carbs. Uh, it's a big one. And you go into Whole Foods. You go into other, you know, places that make juices all the time, and a lot of people love their juices, and they're great, except they're loading up on sugar in the juices. You know, when you when you juice something, uh, you're removing the fiber, which slows down how much sugar gets into your system and how much your your insulin has to be produced to deal with it. And so, you know, I tend to stick to green juices, so juices from low-sugar vegetables. And if you don't know what those are, just look them up. Look up low-sugar vegetables online, and you'll find plenty of lists for it. And, you know, like the the recipe I'd given earlier is cucumber, cilantro, parsley, lemon, ginger, um, you know, fennel is a really great one to add in there. Those are all very low-sugar-type vegetables. But if you start throwing apples and other fruits and you start, throwing in sugar induced beets and carrots right Um, this is a little pet peeve of mine I had with Whole Foods a while back because I just finished reading Conscious Capitalism by John Mackey who's the CEO of Whole Foods and they had a passage in the book that had to do with um, how they buy food and how they try to pass along the savings to the customer all these beautiful things but I talked to the juicers that were actually there making the juices and I said hey can I get this juice without the carrots and without the beets added to it and no apple and they're like oh we're going to have to charge you more money and I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? I'm asking you to take things out. And then he explained it to me and the, the economics of it. Like, well, you know, cucumbers are more expensive than apples by weight. And so, you know, we put these filler juices in that are high in sugar. And that's what the price is made for, right? Uh, but if you want to take the sugar out and add more of the green vegetables that are low sugar, you have to pay a premium, which is funny because it went directly opposite to what they said in their book. Um, this is a little funny little side note on that, but uh, still, that's how a lot of these systems work in the world. And there's no one person to blame for anything. I'm not saying any of that, but just be mindful of when you think you're getting something healthy, uh, a lot of people just think it's the label. So like you said, the raw label, the vegan label, um, you know, juicing, uh, these things are all good and healthy on the surface, very superficially. But get into it. Dig into the details. You know, there's a lot of power in nuance and distinction. The ability to go layers deep into something to understand fully what you're getting involved with. And food is really critical to that. Um, You know, even with broccoli, for example. You know, the broccoli that your grandmother or great-grandmother grew in her garden looks just like the broccoli today. But the the nutrients in it, if you were to break it down and do a lab test the amount of nutrients, that that recipe of nutrients that makes that broccoli up is radically different. And there's so much less nutrition in a lot of the foods we have growing today because of soil depletion and, you know, pesticides and, you know, monocropping. There's a lot of issues and reasons why that occurred. But the, the point is, if you are getting as much nutrition as you can from food, that's great. But sometimes you might need to supplement, or you might need to switch gears and get more nutrients from a different source. And just to be mindful when you go into this. And so, you know, food-wise, to avoid, you know, avoid the pesticides. Um, you know, avoid the processed, refined foods. Avoid factory farm meats. You know, avoid anything that you know is kryptonite to you. And and it's different for everyone. We all have different sensitivities. Uh, but if you know, for example, beans digest really well for you you can enjoy some beans right but if they don't they make your stomach upset don't eat those beans, you know, so, so really get to know yourself, get to know your body, and just bring that awareness and that attention to everything you eat on a daily basis, how is this food making me feel, you know, how does it feel when you make it, how does it feel when you eat it, how does it feel an hour or two later, how do you feel the next day, because there's this lagging effect with food, and, and I came across this years ago when I tried, uh, I was doing a lot of experiment with different diets, and, um, you know, Tim Ferriss had come out with his four-hour body book, which is a lot of phenomenal information in it, but one of the things that he... Uh, was a proponent of in there is the cheat day and that is you know to gorge on all these crazy junk sugary foods and that's going to shift t3 and t4 thyroid hormones to boost your metabolism and so the science is sound on the surface to the degree of yes that'll happen if you do that with your thyroid but there's all the other distinctions that were missed in that and so i tried it out and i had my cheat day and I had crazy pizza and Skittles and brownies and, and I actually got almost sick eating these things because I hadn't been eating them for years, but I'm trying this new thing out and I felt terrible for the next five or six days. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's back to my cheat day again? I'm like, I can't do this. You know, I lasted one week on that and I was like, but but I switched to that and I focused on the nutrient-dense foods that had really good micronutrients in it and I still got that same effect for boosting metabolism without having to go overboard and eating junk food and you know a lot of people and Tim himself actually talks about it as being more of a psychological pressure release you know a lot of times if we get into a rigid structure that can stress us out and and we need to take a break we need to let loose every now and then and that's great and I'm all for that just make sure it's with healthy stuff <laughs> make sure it's with good things that aren't gonna totally backfire on you and and also be open to your body changing over time and a quick example on this note for myself, which uh, is, uh, I'm celebrating as quite a win, is I've done a lot of deep gut healing work on my own gut over the years. I've had a lot of digestive disorders. and. You know, for a while, I didn't feel like I was making any progress. But very recently, you know, it was, um, it was Crystal's grandmother's uh, birthday, and we went to a wonderful restaurant uh, called My Shanty, which is an Indian-themed uh, restaurant. Uh, These really good quality ingredients, but they have cheese. They have dairy products. They have gluten and wheat. You know, they have naan bread, which is, you know, that really delicious flatbread they make uh, covered in butter. And, you know, I personally have been sensitive to dairy, gluten, and all sorts of different foods for many years. But as a test, again, playing around and experimenting I'm like you know what this is a birthday dinner this is all here I'm curious if I have a bit of it how I'll feel and I know how I usually feel from it but if my guts healthier and optimized I'm not going to respond the same way. And so sure enough, I had Pakora cheese that was deep fried in terrible oils and covered in gluten. I had the non bread with butter on it. I mean, I had all the dishes. I had this creamy milk cheesy chicken dish thing. And it was all glorious and delicious. And you know, I got a little bit of mucus production in the first hour just from dairy products in general. Most of us will have that occur. But after that, I felt totally fine. And I felt great the next day and the day after and the day after that. And so to me, that's my body telling me, hey, thanks for the work you've been doing on it because now we can handle these things because I'm more resilient and stronger in that sense. Now, that also doesn't give me permission to just go and eat that stuff all day every day. But I know that now I don't have to stress as much if I'm out and about. If I do eat something at a friend's house or at a party that has something I would normally avoid like the plague because I know how much it hurts to have it, my body's stronger and more resilient to where I can deal with it. And so I want to share that because... That's a goal you can set for yourself. You can get back to eating certain things or having a treat every now and then. If it helps psychologically for you, do what you got to do, but stay clean, stay healthy, stay on track, get the good light, the good water, good sleep. I mean, all these things add up together to where you can flow through life more seamlessly with less stress and, you know, putting your energy more into spending time with those you love and your family and your career and, you know, creative works you do in the world. And, you know, you have more energy to do all this.
0: And so... Were you, when you healed your gut, did you, I mean, you're, we're always in the process of continuously healing and, and optimizing our bodies. Uh, But what were some of the things that you did to heal your gut? Was that specifically ketosis or were there other components? Were you taking probiotics? What were some of the things that you were doing for that?
1: Yeah, so the gut healing protocols, there's a lot of them. Um, Ketosis was a big foundational element, right? So... I had really severe digestive issues prior to ketosis and i noticed them just getting better and better as the, the more deeper i got into ketosis over time and cycled in and out in and out and progress was being made so it was phenomenal and now yeah you know, I shared that story with you so now I'm clearly at a, a much better point but I did a lot of other things too and you know there are good things like you know good sauerkrauts you know good fermented vegetables those are phenomenal and good probiotics in there uh, I'm not a hugest fan of most probiotic supplements on the shelf because most of them are dead and they're processed in a way that your body's not going to be able to utilize them as well. And also, you know, the, the microbiome is so vast and diverse, uh, you can get some good gut testing done, right? There's uh, a lab called, you know, that has a panel called GIFX. That's a really great uh, gut testing panel that looks for, you know, all sorts of different elements, including parasites and other nutrient deficiencies. There's biome. that's V-I-O-M-E, and they'll give you a breakdown of uh, gut bugs and microbes and viruses and bacteria and all sorts of things going on. So this is more information to know. But if you go and get a, a you know, 27 trillion bifidus bacteria or something you know does your body need all of that right you're only going to get so much of it and if you already have enough of that bifidus bacteria um, you don't need more you need a different set that is complementary because you want to have everyone getting along having a party in your gut right and uh, funny touch on biophotonics here but you know there's a light show going on in your gut 24 7 in all of us and every one of us we have a rave going on inside of us because bacteria emit photons they emit light the good bacteria does so Light is critical to gut health, right? And we have these receptors, photoreceptors on our skin for light, like we were talking about earlier. We've also found that we have these receptors inside of our brain and inside of our gut lining. So why would we have things that can sense light inside of us if light doesn't get in there right because light penetrates different layers deep and this also affects your microbiome so the reason i bring that up is because light therapy is is a huge one for myself and a lot of other people benefit greatly with light therapy specific to gut health and you can do that in a number of ways you know infrared saunas are the most accessible easy You know, most people kind of heard about them so that's a great way to do it and you can also get these light panels you know there are panels like the rejuvenator panel Um, You know, there's a few different people who produce phenomenal technologies that use the different wavelength spectrums of light that you can actually use on your stomach. You can literally just lay down and read a book and put this light on your stomach. And that is actually going to help kick out the bad guys in your gut and get the good guys back in track right? So that's a really, really huge one too. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many gut healing protocols, coffee enemas, uh, being one of my favorites, you know, uh, that's going to help you detoxify your liver and boost glutathione production and just help things move along regularly. Um, yeah, it's one of the biggest biohacks and game changers I share with a lot of people, uh, colon hydrotherapy, you know, as an actual practice, you know, going to see a certified colon hydrotherapist, um, that is amazing for a lot of people with digestive issues. It's just constipation, um, and just, you know, things that get stuck, you know, they don't get moving through because you're missing enough fiber or whatever it might be. This helps naturally and gradually move things along and clean you out in a bit to where the good bacteria can win in a game. And that's what we're trying to do is get the good bacteria winning most often and uh, monitoring, regulating, you know, so the bad guys will hang around. That's inevitable, but uh, you won't have an overabundance of them that's going to actually cause gut dysbiosis or SIBO or any of the other digestive disorders. And a big part of that too is pesticides and glyphosate, you know, those literally eat holes in your gut lining. And if you have holes in your gut lining, you know, it's only one cell wall thick. It's this really, really tiny thin layer of mucus around your entire gut lining. And L-glutamine as a supplement is actually one that really helps rebuild your gut flora, uh, gut gut lining specifically. And what happens is when you have lectins or oxalates, these anti-nutrients we've been discussing, they can actually sneak through your gut lining as well. And they can cause a lot of issues. And we've actually found that certain lectins from certain plants can literally cut through your gut and jump on your vagus nerve and climb your vagus nerve to get into your brain we've literally documented this. So, gotta um, yeah, be careful with those things. You know, you don't want those guys getting in there, disrupting your gut function so much. Um, yeah, so but yeah
0: organic. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah, right? yeah. Eat what your grandmother Come and great-grandmother used to.
0: Um, it's actually cool that you mentioned the BioPhotons, because the show is sponsored by BioPhoton Services. And that's a biofeedback oh. device that literally sends light to your cells. So... Every cell we have emits light, it emits these biophotons. And so whenever a cell is damaged, that light is scattered. Basically, it's called Mm -hmm. chaotic light. And so what this machine does is it recalibrates that light. And so it basically heals those cells. So it's really cool in a way because you're right. That light doesn't just penetrate, you know, our skin. It's literally every single cell of our body needs light so even our gut right so it's very cool that you talk about that because that's a huge huge thing we talk about on the show as well as the bio photons.
1: it's amazing yeah
0: it's so cool oh, and- it's amazing I'll, I'll have to send you the information it's
1: yeah please do so yeah. yeah and thank you so much for sharing this yeah. on your show and sharing this with the listener because we need to talk more about light and work with more companies and devices and technologies uh to help people dial in their light game, yes. you know, like you got to get your light game dialed in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I think, especially in this day and age, we need to embrace that because we're so literally and figuratively in the dark. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. you know, I think it's so important to go back to the light. So let's go a little bit into supplementation because I think we could Probably talk oh, an hour about that, but we're not going to. We're going to try to <laughs> move forward. But let's talk a little bit about supplementation. So, a little bit of supplementation related to ketosis and then also just general supplementation. What are some things that are optimal for biohacking in general and for anti aging?
1: Oh, one of my favorite topics ever in the entire universe. Um, so, yeah, too. we can out for days on this. <laughs> now, You know, interesting thing about it, and I love how this is all flowing, because everything we've been talking about is setting the foundation, you know, so if you're still listening in, uh, you're amazing for being here, it this far, and we're going to get some really awesome details here on these supplements, but the things we've been talking about, like deuterium and heavy hydrogen, you know, this, this heavy hydrogen gunking up these nanomotors, that is a big issue in supplementation in the industry, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, but we've we've seen a lot of different companies do a lot more testing and discovering that the ways certain herbs and certain supplements are made and processed, it's actually collecting and attracting more deuterium into it, which means if you take 1,000 supplements a day, even though they might be really great things for you one at a time or in certain combinations all at once again is going to load your body up with deuterium. And so those supplements can be a real big issue. Now there's some people out there in the world who, you know, are very all or nothing. They're like, you know, no, all supplements are bad. Never take anything. Um, and some are like, no supplements are the answer to everything. So take them all. And you know, I like to play in the spectrum of that. I, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. And my goal over time is to use less and less supplementation as needed. Because ideally, we would just not have to use supplements, but certain factors of our modern world sort of require us to. Because if we can't get it from food because it's not in our soil, where else are we going to get it from? So that is an issue that you you might need some supplementation for. And so use supplements supplementarily, right? Like actually how they're supposed to be designed as – to supplement one's lifestyle and diet, not to become the diet. You know, you don't want to just eat pills all day long uh, and all these powders, right? There's so much to manage and it can get quite spendy and um, a lot of them are forms that are not ideal for your body to use. Um, and there's a lot of supplements that have really terrible, toxic nonsense in them because it's cheaper to make them that way. So the supplement world is going through a big overhaul right now, and there's a lot of amazing companies coming out with new methods, new techniques uh, to you know encapsulate nutrients in a different way so they're more absorbable, and just generally make a better supplement to use, which is phenomenal. And you know, a big area I use supplementation for is detoxification. You know, that that's one where it can really be a game changer, especially in the beginning. You know, uh, when I work with clients, I take them through, we, like I said, we do the testing initially to find out if they have heavy metals or mold toxins or any other type of toxicity or parasites, anything that's just... Impeding your body from working properly and then we go through and we'll use various supplements uh, and resources and different practices to detoxify them And you know, let's keep on the trend with the heavy metal uh, toxicity because that's a a key one that most of us have I mean, I have yet to see a single person run a, a proper panel and not have an overabundance of heavy metals So it's a real big issue in our world today. So When you have metals in your system, your body takes them through a process. There's different phases of liver detoxification Right. And there's the yank them out of your tissues and getting them in circulation. You know, it's kind of phase one. And then you need to attach other things to them so they can come out of your body. And that's where you get like phases two and three of liver de- detox. They bind to something, kind of traps it in there, and it just goes out of your body. Right. Some come out through your skin. Some come out when you go to the bathroom. And, you know, some can come out in various different forms, like earwax even. Right. There's, there's certain, you know, again, there's, think of the as sizes. And there's little tubes in our body. There's big tubes and little tubes. And depending on the size of the molecule, it's going to go out of the path of least resistance. You know, wherever it is, wherever it's going to go. And if your liver's backed up and it's you know you got fatty liver issues or you know you drink too much or anything, uh, your liver liver's gonna you know be struggling to get rid of these elements. And some people have genetic differences too or genetic mutations um, where their liver pathway isn't as optimal as it could be. And so they have a harder time getting things out. So this is where supplementation could come in real handy because there's things like bentonite clay and diatomaceous earth uh, there's charcoal like activated coconut charcoal for example and um, different elements there's different silicate elements like uh, this is one something called imd from quicksilver scientific that's phenomenal as a binder in the system and even pectin you know the pectin from the apples and oranges there's various fruit pectins and citrus pectins uh, modified citrus pectin is one of the the best ones out there and there's one called Pectisol c which is a really great brand and uh, if you're in canada aor has a really good one as well that i've used before and all of these have in common the fact that they bind to different elements. So they're not actually going in and doing anything in your body. They're actually just mopping everything up. And this is really, really good to know because um, I'll run you through the nice and sauna protocol with these binders that I like to use a lot, right? And you can get really elaborate and extensive with this, or you can keep it pretty simple. And I'll, I'll just give a little hint to each so you can choose your own adventure of sorts. <laughs> After you listen to this, go do some research, get set up, and, and try it out. Um but if you just do an infrared sauna, you know, 30 to 45 minutes at a decent temperature, that alone is amazing for you from a detox perspective. You're getting your sweating, getting some toxins out through your skin, and uh, you're getting those, those rays of light into your cells and in your skin. It's amazing for skin health. So if you want beautiful, like you've got beautiful, clear, glorious skin, Doris. So, Thank you know, you. I don't know if you're getting into the sauna at all. But you've got some you know, good genetics, eating I good love food. The
0: sauna. Sauna's
1: getting the sauna. Getting the
0: sauna. Yes.
1: Yeah. So it gives you glowing. That's one thing I noticed. I'm a guy, so I don't really focus much on my external beauty as, as women do, for example. But I started noticing, like, wait a minute, these foods are helping my skin be clearer. And I'm in the infrared sauna and my, my skin's really soft and it's just working better. So it's really, really good for, as a beauty hack. And the sauna alone is great for that. Now, if you take some binders before you get into the sauna. You're going to have stuff inside of you that's going to mop up everything that the sauna is going to help release from your fatty stores, from your fat tissues. And if you take it to the next level and do the niacin sauna protocol, this is where you take vitamin B3, right? Have you ever had a B3 flush?
0: Oh my God. It's, niacin it's, flush? The first time you do it, it's so scary. <laughs> You think you're dying.
1: <laughs> it's intense. Yes. Yeah. So I always like to ask, because if you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. If not, it's totally okay. It's totally natural. Uh-huh. You'll be fine. Uh-huh. Uh, I have OD'd on niacin as well. <laughs> and um, you want to start low and slow, right? Like most things. So you really, start you low do. and slow. Yeah, so start like with uh, you know 50 to 100 milligrams if you can of niacin, and depending on how much your body needs, you can work your way up bit by bit and not have as much of the flush. If you get the flush, it's okay. But the the basic niacin sauna protocol goes like this: you take the niacin. You know, let's say you're at 200 milligrams. You take 200 milligrams niacin. You take that three hours before you get into the sauna. Now, it sounds kind of crazy, but there's a reason for this because about three hours in, based on the studies we've done over 24-hour periods and how the body releases toxicity, three hours in is when you have the average peak of toxin release from cells and fat stores and tissues in your body. So you take the niacin three hours before you get it in the sauna. And then 20 minutes before you get it in the sauna, right? So you just time it out. So you've taken niacin, you're all good. Three hours later, you do a little bit of light exercise. Right, you just do 15 to 20 minutes, light, moderate exercise. Do some jumping jacks, some push-ups. You know, nothing really too hard or too intense. You know, hop on a bike if you got one. Anything just gets your blood flowing, but isn't really pushing you intensely. And that's going to get everything circulating, right? And you take the binders, such as the charcoal or a diatomaceous earth, uh, this IMD product we mentioned from Quicksilver Scientific. You know, those are great binders to take. And then that's going to be in your system as you're getting into the sauna and you do the sauna for anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes if you can handle it and that right there is going to just crank these toxins out of your cells, get them flowing through your blood and processing through your kidneys and your liver and getting, you know, excreted through the digestive tract, which is actually where a lot of metals specifically and other toxins need to be bound and removed. Um, you need to get it through with your healthy gut gut function, right? So. You do that, and then you get out of the uh, the sauna. If you want to go to the extreme, you can do a coffee enema post sauna, and that's going to boost glutathione levels and really clear you out of everything you just released. Right. So uh, that, that's like a, a simplified version, but also an example of what you can do and any version of that with or without certain parts, you can mix and match. But do it in that order if you can. And that is one of the highest leverage things you can do to really cover so many bases from heavy metal toxicity to mold and mycotoxin issues, um, you know, to all sorts of different stuff that our food, glyphosate and other pesticides, what we're breathing into the air around cars and urban environments. It's going to really help get all the gunk out of you. And clear the path so your body knows what to do. You can handle more electrons properly. You can process more energy. Your mitochondria is going to love you. And from there, your body is just going to get into better states of being. And you're going to look great. You're going to feel great. You're going to perform at super high levels. And that alone is one good good region. So, so that one is a good one. And that's just touching on the binders. Yeah. You, uh, you ready for you, Yeah. You got a you
0: question know? there? No, I was going to say, how, how <laughs> often do you want to do that protocol? If you were, um, not, some people, some of us have a sauna at home, but not everyone. So they would have to go, you know, to the sauna or whatever. And um, would you recommend like a regular sauna at the gym, or is it really important to do an infrared sauna?
1: Yeah, good, good, good call on the questions there. We'll make sure you get the specifics there. Um, infrared sauna is ideal. And, you know, another way that a lot of people hack it is actually there's a lot of infrared yoga studios that are popping up. So you're going to do yoga. So if you're a practitioner of yoga, you already going to class. You can actually go to a different class that is basically an infrared sauna. And I've done it before. You will get a sweat on for sure. So be prepared to soak out those toxins. Uh, take your binders before you go to yoga class. You know? um, so you get those good infrared rays. Uh, you know, I use the solo sauna. Uh, by Sunlighten that's a really good one uh, their newer versions are low EMF there's no toxic glues or anything they use in putting it together uh, there's a clear light is another uh, company I love for their saunas really low EMF again and the big things with saunas are you need to be concerned about the building materials because it's getting hot in there and glue and things like that you don't want to be huffing in there okay so if they're made with toxic you know products to build them you'll breathe those in and then it'll get stuck and it'll disrupt your hormones and it's not good for you so you want low toxin materials ideally no toxin just wood and piecing things together with physics uh, that's the best way and then you have uh, low emf right if they're using you know ipads or other crazy things in there sometimes there's pretty big emf fields uh, that could be in those so you want to make sure it's a low emf environment itself because you're rejuvenating your body won't release as much toxicity if it's being bombarded by emfs that's another big issue and you know for example dr Klinghart, who is a physical Phenomenal genius in the world of health. I'd love to see him on your podcast at some point in time. And he's got a clinic in Seattle. He's helped so many of my friends out. And, um, you know, he's just a a real game changer as a functional medicine doctor. But he won't work with you unless you're willing to change your environment when it comes to EMFs. He flat out, he's just like, you know what? I can help you, but you got to do these things. And it's as simple as that. If you're not willing to do these things, I don't have time to help you. I got plenty of other people that are willing to do this. And. I really respect that approach because if you're not willing to do what it takes, you're not going to get the results. You know, you you can't, there's no magic pill, magic solution. We're talking a lot about a lot of magical things here, uh, but in combination and in ways that your body can utilize over time to heal and optimize. So low EMF environment is key for that and any other time you possibly can, especially while you're sleeping. Um, But with the sauna, you know, there's far infrared and near infrared. If you can get a full spectrum that has both, that's great. Um, But if not, most of them are near infrared saunas. So you can get that and be totally good in that sense, and uh, or you know, like I said, the, the yoga sauna. You can do the uh, infrared yoga as well, and so that's a good way for there. And from there, you just want to make sure that you do it consistently. But if it's too intense. You know, some people say to do this every day and I tried doing it every day. I got to about 17 days in a row and upping my dosage of niacin every day until I got to about, I got upwards of about, you know, 2.5 grams of niacin, which was intense. Um, some people go as high as eight or 10. It, it's you know, everybody's oh God, different, I but know. yeah, it's imagine. intense, but you're getting these great benefits from it if you, if you do it consistently. Yeah. Uh, but if you can only do it a couple times a week or even once a week. Once is better than none. Twice is better than one. Three times is better than two. Um, if you can do it every day, all power to you. But um, I also am a big fan of giving your body time to process between things. So I like to cycle. Just like I cycle food. You'll notice cycling is a key here. And uh, swapping things out and cycling detoxification because your body has to release these toxins and process them out. And, and that takes a lot of energy. And this you know, kind of ties into fasting as well. If you're fasting too much and you're feeling low energy and you're not losing weight anymore a big issue is because your body's ready to release toxins but it can't it needs more calories it needs more nutrients to do what it needs to do and it needs more binders to pull these out of you and you need more atp you need more energy to get rid of these elements these particles that are bigger than they should be and you got to force them through the tubes in the body right so you need more energy to detoxify which will unleash so much more energy so it, it's a counterintuitive process but it's just nature and it's just quantum biology it's how things work so you get into it and it'll really really help and so i think it answers all your question on the, the sauna note right
0: absolutely yes. one there? Yes. okay
1: did you have another one on that topic or are we moving no, into let's mitochondria
0: move. let's move on to mitochondria
1: okay all right so everything we've been talking about comes down to helping and supporting mitochondrial function and there's a little bacteria you know, in our cells, little mitochondrial cells we get from our mothers. Um, so Dora, thank you for doing what you're doing yourself in your own life. Because if any point in time in your life you choose to have children, they are going to have such a gift and an advantage in healthier genetics, healthier mitochondrial function, right? If you're a woman listening to this like it's up to you this is this is your game this is your goal and that's one of my favorite things about health and fitness and biohacking in general is you know, we're at an inflection point in history where we're bombarded by toxins yet we have so many solutions and we have so many alternatives to things and the more we optimize ourselves now the better chance of resilience and health and success in life we can pass along to the next generation and thereafter so that's one thing I love coaching people to do and that's a big driver you know if you want to have a family and have some children and it's beautiful but also know as a mother you're gonna be passing along generational toxicity to your children and so whatever you have in you now they're gonna get unless you get it out first and mitochondrial function is key to this so when your mitochondria are healthy and happy you are healthy and happy and everything else works better okay so Nice and sauna protocol definitely gonna help big time. Good foods, juices, all gonna help. Sunlight, one of the most critical factors uh, for beauty inside and out, healthy hormones, great fertility, and mitochondrial function. And we're just finding more and more that the deeper we go into mitochondrial research, the more we're like, oh guys, guys, look uh, look around mitochondria kind of controls everything <laughs> and light controls mitochondria yeah. so so these things again they stack upon each other and you know uh, we've done a lot in the world of science innovation and studies which is great but uh we've been shining the light in the wrong direction i think you know I, i've been looking at this and at the research and i've seen the patterns where you know we need to be focused more on mitochondrial function and healing that which i'm going to share some tips for you like a little bit of a mitochondrial stack a little mito stack that um that is a phenomenal uh, stack to use to heal and repair them but you know, mitochondrial DNA controls nuclear DNA. And we've been looking at nuclear DNA for generations, like looking at this stuff as soon as we figure it out. We're like, what's going on here? We think it's all in genetic code. It's not. It's all in the mitochondrial genetic code. And that, that controls nuclear DNA, which you get from mom and dad, right? And that nuclear DNA then unfolds proteins. and does a lot of really cool stuff. But we need to focus more on mitochondria. And there's, there's a phenomenal book, if you're ready to, to go out and, and read some new stuff on this, there's a great book called Mitochondria and the Future of Medicine by Dr. Lee No, K-N-O-W, like you know something. Uh, He's actually a a Canadian naturopath, and he has put together one of the greatest introductions uh, to biochemistry and mitochondria. Now, the first chunk is really geeky, but just know that if you're not ready for that yet, you can skip that part and get to the other sections where you can actually just look at what you can do to take action just know that mitochondria is important and so he goes into a lot of great strategies in there but if you want to learn it i really really encourage you to learn it because he he breaks it down and teaches it very simply and uh, when you learn about how mitochondria function everything else we're talking about makes so much more sense because that's where all of it's coming from that i'm sharing is all coming from the base foundation of mitochondrial function and so on a supplement note for mitochondria you know uh for supplements you can do something like a mito stack and the MyoStack is, very simply, you get some B-complex vitamins, right, some good B-vitamins. And uh, Pure Lab Vitamins is a brand that I love and and very passionate founder. And they have a time-release B-complex that's phenomenal. Uh, Thorne is another great company, T-H-O-R-N-E. They have really phenomenal lab standards, really great products. They don't use a lot of fillers or excipients um, you know, for the machinery that they use for that. Excuse me. So within there, you have the B-complex vitamins. You have... You know, pure lab vitamins are thorn for those. You've got um, ALA, alpha lipoic acid, is a good one. Uh, vitamin C and vitamin D are good ones to add in there always as usual because we usually tend to be low in those. And uh, then you've got bio PQQ. That's actually uh, a fascinating uh, mineral nutrient that we find on meteorites that crash into Earth. We're like, wait a minute. These things are on space rocks. We're on a space rock, and this is a really critical part of mitochondrial function. So bio-PQQ is a really good one to have in there. That's also super high in chocolate. Chocolate is actually one of the highest nutrient-containing foods on the planet of PQQ. And there's a reason women love and crave chocolate very often, because that's one of the highest sources you can get is that PQQ. Um, so that's a good one. So supplement some chocolate if you want in there too. Um, and then there's uh, one of my other favorites is uh, called NR for short, or nicotinamide riboside. And that is actually a subtype form of vitamin B3. So it's related to niacin like we talked about in the sauna protocol, but it's a different subtype. So you're not going to get the flush from it, uh, but it is a precursor to NAD. And NAD is uh, a big therapy you'll hear a lot of people talk about in health circuits. Uh, NAD Plus, it's also called, and you can do IV treatments for that, which are, are pretty extensive and intense, and those have you know transformed some of my friends' lives, which is phenomenal. But NR is a great precursor in the Krebs cycle for NAD Plus, so if you take it as a supplement, your body's going to utilize it more efficiently, support mitochondrial function, and then you won't need to do some really extensive, intense NAD therapy. So that's a really good one there too, and uh, then you've got other aspects. You've got magnesium three eight is a really really good form of magnesium that crosses the blood blood brain barrier and that supports mitochondrial function. Uh, there's another one you could do a little bit more research on called methylene blue, and that one is another really interesting one when it comes to mitochondrial function. And you've got um, the, the vitamin B three like niacin as well as the NR version of it. And uh, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, is a really, really good one to add in there for upregulating liver enzyme production of, you know, glutathione and other detoxification methods as well. And another fun one to stack in there is um, Oceans Alive. I don't know if you've come across uh, our friend Ian Clark and uh, the Activation Products team, so they have some phenomenal supplements, and magnesium spray being one, which is transdermal, but also their Oceans Alive product, which is marine phytoplankton. And marine phytoplankton, I have a theory about it. I haven't verified this yet, but I would love it if anyone out there knows to let me know. Um, whenever I use Oceans Alive and other forms of marine phytoplankton, to me, it feels like pure ATP. You know, the, the energy currency that our bodies, our mitochondria produces. You know, we have to use ATP energy to break down electrons and protons in food to produce more sure. ATP, right? So you've got to spend some energy to get some energy. But there's a few things in the world that I've tested, marine phytoplankton being one of the top ones, where when I take it, I feel like I just have pure ATP. It's literally like I took a pure ATP supplement, and funny enough, I have tried pure ATP supplements before, and they're very, very similar. So I, I've got an interesting theory about that. Um, but that's a phenomenal one because you're getting excellent trace minerals, you're getting uh, the DHA that's in there, the marine phytoplankton, good fats and healthy oils, and that's going to cover you with a, a bunch on the mineral basis. And um, another one from the mineral stack is uh, CoQ10 and NADH. That's another good idea. Lots of good CoQ10. Now the, the NADH, I will give a little caveat to because I've experienced this personally and I know some others that have, is if, you're, if your body doesn't need it, you'll know because you'll just be wide awake for days. So try it out, and if your body needs it, you'll feel amazing. It's going to boost your energy levels, uh, especially if you mix it with D-ribose, which is another simple sugar that uh, mitochondria love. So that, that's going to be a good combo for things. But if you take NADH, which is different than NADA we talked about, um, the first time I started taking it, I was up for three days straight. I was wide awake, couldn't sleep, and I don't recommend it. Uh, But there's a lot of people, especially with Lyme disease, chronic fatigue, you know, and if you have an energy disorder of any kind, usually you'll respond really well to NADH. But I just like to give a little caveat, a little warning, so don't go too heavy into it. But CoQ10 is often paired with NADH and supplements. So either get both on their own or combine them, but be aware. And if you find you have so much energy, you know, it's a good problem to have sometimes. You have so much energy you can't sleep. A lot of it's related to overabundance of NADH when you don't need it. So that's that's a good mito stack right there. There's others we can add on, but that's a plenty to that. keep.
0: That's a really good that's a really good stack. And I I I think I take almost everything in the stack. For people who don't take any of those yet, what would be the top three that they should start with? Because I don't know. If I think it sounds overwhelming for some people to kind of mm-hmm. go out and buy ten, you know, supplements. So, what would be the top three that they might want to start with?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And and there are a few really good mitochondrial support stacks out there, kind of pre-formulated for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't picked one just yet because they don't incorporate a lot of what I know works really well. Uh, but there are a few really good ones. I believe Thorn has one, and and everything I've had from Thorn over the years has been reliable, trustworthy and they're, I've talked to their lab many times. They're, they're wonderful over there. So they're a trusted brand you can really get into and, and learn from uh, about their mitosnacks. It would help with that. And if you just look up mitochondrial support supplements, you'll find lists of these, and you'll find uh, other formulations that might combine these together. And uh, I believe there's one from, um, it's part of the crew that's from uh, the company that produces Siltep, which is a nootropic, and they're called Natural Stacks is the company. Uh, but they have a, like, a, like a partner company I know one of the products is called Nexus. I'm blanking on the name right now, but as uh, funny as I'm talking about nootropics, um, but <laughs> I believe there's called Nexus, and it's a mitochondrial support. Blend that's really good, and it's got the bio PQQ and a few other really good elements in it that support mitochondrial function. So, that's another good specific one that's kind of all in one, you know, to a degree, uh, but maybe missing some. And, and everyone's different. I recommend you know this whole stack because you can take a few out of these. You know, B vitamins are one of those ones I would keep in because we're just lacking in B vitamins from the types of food we're eating or not eating. And um, the CoQ10 is really phenomenal, especially for heart health, and a lot of people are concerned with that. And NADH, you know, if it's paired with there, you can kind of add that in there too. And, you know, some of the other ones, I'm, the NR is really powerful stuff and uh, powerful in the sense that it's going to be working at a really deep level in your Krebs cycle. You may not feel it right away. But don't think that it's not working. It's doing some amazing stuff for rejuvenation, anti-aging, boosting stem cell production, helping with uh, detoxification pathways. And I've seen some people have gotten stuck in their detox protocols. They start taking this. And there's a really great company that I believe is one that patented uh, this form. And they're called Niogen, so T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N. And they have uh, that. And any other supplement you find that has this nicotinamide riboside in it, I think they patented it full on. So it's all coming from the same place. Just know that if you see that. Uh, but true nitrogen is the direct straight to the, the source company. And, uh, I've seen that really break people through some plateaus in detoxification, uh, because it is really helping at the deeper aspects of the Krebs cycle and deeper cellular respiration. And there's a lot of geeky quantum science it helps with. So that's a really, really good one. Um, and I kind of throw in there glutathione. You know, if, if, if you can only do a few things, do some glutathione, do some coffee enemas yeah. that upregulate glutathione because that is a master antioxidant. It's going to clean up so much gunk in your system. And uh, unless you have another technology like the Nano-V that helps you in other ways that do that, you need to find another way to either eat foods that produce this, take it as a supplement, uh, preferably liposomal. Quicksilver has a really great one. And um, coffee enemas are one of the biggest boosters of glutathione production in the body.
0: Since I had Crystal and Jamie on the show, I've been doing coffee enemas every day because Chris. Really? Yeah, Crystal's like, I do them every day, and I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> so I've been doing them every day, and it's like life changing. I mean, I, I I talk about it now so often on the show. I'm like, people are probably like, oh, I don't want to hear more about my mom. She's like, stop talking about coffee enemas. I don't want to hear about them anymore, you know, but. They're so amazing. I, I can attest to it. If you're not doing them, you should be doing them. They're amazing. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. Oh, so, good, yeah. And good on you for taking action. I'm so glad you're doing it and you're feeling it and you're getting the results from it. It's amazing.
0: It is amazing. It's, it, I mean, I eat it up. I could just, you know, add it all in. But I think coffee enemas are something that anybody can add in. It's not it's not that, that hard to incorporate it into your life. Too. You know, I think there's some things, you know, a sauna that might be out of your budget or it might not work for you at this time, but a coffee enema, I mean, that's something you just go online, you order the materials for 20 bucks, and then you start doing it. It takes very little time out of your day. So I think it's a really amazing addition to anybody's life. And yeah, Crystal's the one who turned me on to it. So
1: that's awesome, yeah, we call her the uh, the coffee bomb queen, yes, and yeah, she turned me <laughs> onto it as well, and, and you know one of the most beautiful things about it too is, you know, beyond just the, the, the actual physics of what's going on, the chemistry of what's happening from a coffee enema, that time is a sacred time for you, that is self-care time, and that is so critically important psychologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. and physically. And it's one of the highest leveraged things you can do. So if you can't get all these supplements and you don't have this crazy tech and it's really challenging for you all around, get a bucket, get yeah. the good coffee, yeah. maybe add some glutathione in there yeah. if you can, and you're meditate. off to the races.
0: Meditate. Yeah, meditate. Breathe. When I do it, I, I do my red light, I meditate, and I do my coffee enema all in one session. So I knock you stack out it. three of those things. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a morning like yeah. ritual stack. So... Yeah. I
1: that's powerful for you to do. And, and the more you connect with these technologies and companies and everything else that's good for our health that we can, we can talk for days about. But, you know, that's that stacking is really critical because you just saved so much time by doing that. Okay. So if you're listening to this right now and you want to stack some things, yeah. right, you can do this. And I do something similar. I use the red light therapy as well as uh, pulse electromagnetic frequencies, the good type or the PEMFs. Yeah. And so I have the earth pulse that I use, uh, you know, uh, below my spine and at my neck. I have the Nano-V device, which is uh, amazing technology in its own right, but helping with DNA repair and cellular hydration and uh, exclusion zone water in our cells, and that is a phenomenally powerful device as well. And so you know, the Casino device we were discussing uh, prior to recording, which is a light and sound therapy device, you can do all of these at once yeah. and just basically have this crazy supercharged recovery session that is helping your body in so many ways and so many levels, and it takes an hour or less. Mm-hmm. you know, and you get all of it in at once and it hasn't really thrown your day off at all. So that's important to do for your health. And I love that you're stacking things yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. It's
0: the best. I look, honestly, I look forward to it every night when cool. I'm going to sleep. I'm like excited about my morning ritual. It's the best way to start your day, you know? And yeah, think about it. If you're starting your day in a way that you're promoting optimal health, you're doing self-care, you're practicing self-love, you're Doing all these amazing things for yourself and then your whole day is amazing because you've set yourself in this awesome vibration, you have energy, and coffee enemas give you a lot of energy, you know, they really boost your energy mm-hmm. levels too. So without
1: the jitters. Exactly. Yeah. Just pure good natural ATP energy, your mitochondria love it. It helps produce mitochondrial biogenesis, which is the fancy way of saying growing new mitochondria. Mm-hmm. And it supports you in all those regards you have that natural energy without the crazy jittery nervous system activation that drinking coffee can have a lot of times for people yeah
0: Yeah, i don't i don't drink coffee i just do my coffee enemas and it's totally enough it's like perfect level of energy and it lasts so long so yeah it's awesome awesome biohack speaking of biohacks (laughs) um, what are your top three anti-aging slash beauty biohacks
1: Top three anti-aging beauty biohacks. Um, you know, one we didn't get to touch on will be fun on, on adding here is uh, you know putting things on your skin that you would eat. It sounds kind of funny, but, you know, edible things. Um, there's a few skincare companies out there that I love, and uh, women especially adore this stuff. I mean, you've got Nadine Artemis and the crew over at Living Libation, so they're phenomenal. You've got Blissoma is another really great skincare company. There's one called Isun, I-S-U-N, They have, you know, wild foraged ingredients and plants and herbs and oils and all sorts of the good stuff. Really good clean products. You've got, uh, you know, uh, my friend Andy Nilo over at Alatura, he's got a phenomenal clay mask with colostrum and other incredible products. You know, there's so many good things. And even foods. I mean, avocado skins, mango peels. You know, a lot of these foods, you can, you know, instead of just throwing it away in the compost or anything, just rub it on your skin. Let it soak in. You know, aloe vera leaf is phenomenal, especially the more sun you get. You know, cut an aloe vera leaf open, toss them in your smoothie to eat, and then rub the the skin on your skin. And that gel is going to help soak in and hydrate your skin. So that's phenomenal. I mean, that's one of the best things outside in. Because we've been talking a lot about uh, inside out beauty, right? So we've got a lot of those in there. So the stuff you can eat and put on your skin is really, really good. Um, you know, and, and another part of that too as a subtype is just don't put other stuff on your skin that's gonna disrupt your hormones and totally throw off everything good you're doing for your body by doing everything we're talking about, right? So the edible things and keep toxic products away from you, um, that's that's a huge one. Uh, the other is, you know I'd have to say, more sunlight. Get more good sunlight. That is a big one. You know, the sunlight is so key and it's not going to give you skin cancer if you do it the right way. It's a big concern for so many people. It's been indoctrinated for generations, but um, we need the natural sunlight to look our best, and if you want good, healthy skin, you need good, healthy light for that, uh, and, and paired with that is avoid the toxic light. You know, if, if you are very you know, uh, concerned with your beauty, if you care how you look and how you show up, if you're in the film industry or you're a singer or an actress or anything that requires you to look great all the time, I want you to look at fluorescent light bulbs and other man-made lights as just your kryptonite. I mean, that is going to age you so rapidly inside and out, and your skin's a reflection of health in that sense. So avoid the toxic light. Get the really good light. That's, that's another big, big key there, okay? And if you can add a technology into there, either find it and go use it or purchase a device if you can afford it. Uh, you know, the nano technology is one of those light-generating type machines. It's giving you some missing nutrients from the sun that you would be getting if you're out there in the sun, but if you can't get there, this brings it inside to you. It does a whole bunch more. We could do an entire podcast just on that tech uh, alone, but that is in the light category and it's phenomenal for your skin as well. So inside out, DNA repair, helping collagen production, cellular hydration. I mean- hydrated inside and out, inside your cells and out, I mean, that's all key to really good, luscious, healthy skin, and good hormones, and good stuff that makes you beautiful, right? And the third one, you know, I mean, there's so many biohacks we covered here. Um, I I really would love to touch on just personality and things like gratitude, appreciation, beauty from the inside out. Like, you could be the most gorgeous person by any culture's standards, on the outside. But if you aren't feeling good on the inside, if you have negative thoughts constantly worrying around in your head, if you are obsessed with stories and creating stories in your mind, which we all are subject to, but really learning how to wield the power of your mind to really alter the course of your life and transform your health makes you a beautiful person from the inside out. And the most beautiful people that I know that I've met all over the world have been the most kind, generous, heart-centered people who appreciate everything around them, who take the time to stop and smell the roses, who appreciate nature and look to it for inspiration and answers and the natural beauty around us, and to see beauty in perilous situations and to support others in community. You know, all of these factors, you know, having a gratitude journal, meditating, becoming more mindful, breathing practices, they all kind of wrap up into your personality and who you are and how you show up in the world. And, you know, regardless of physical features, You know healthy is beautiful you know beautiful is healthy we've been faking it for so long with cosmetics and skincare industries and all sorts of different elements that are faking it through there but you can't fake happiness truly you can't fake gratitude and appreciation you can see that in people's eyes and you can see it and feel it in their energy literally the light they're emitting from their cells so you know do what you got to do but get your head straight open your heart up like get vulnerable Go deep with friends, connect with loved ones, spend time in community. Women spend time with women, men spend time with men, and women and men spend time together getting along better. Yes. All of that yes. is, I is gotta wrap it a third.
0: All of that, that's beautiful. I love that. And I usually I ask, what is your definition of beauty? That's usually my last question. But I feel like you kind of embodied that already because yes 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 everything you just said absolutely so awesome
1: yay <laughs>
0: that's so, so where can people find you only
1: oh, yeah, on the interwebs yeah yes. um you know calebjennings.com uh is a good place you know i'm gonna be updating that more regularly and everything i'm doing you'll see a bit here and there of what's going on there so that's just just c-a-l-e-b j-e-n-n-i-n-g-s.com uh on the ketosis front you know uh, i do a lot of stuff on facebook so facebook.com forward slash caleb jennings you can follow me on there and you'll see my posts on there as well um biohacked ketosis.com is where that program is that's a six week uh in-depth training where we go deep into everything we talked about here and more and structured week to week so that you can Become fat adapted and biohack your ketosis, right? Um, that's a good one there. And uh, yeah, primarily Facebook. I'm doing more on Instagram a little bit these days, and all my socials are just you know whatever the site is forward slash Caleb Jennings. So that's usually uh, the main one there. So that's probably the easiest way. And Facebook, hit me up on there. Uh, I'll get back to you. That's uh, my main Facebook is main great source
0: for you, because I you do have a lot of good stuff on Facebook. Because I follow. Oh, thank Facebook, you. And you're always I always watch your videos. You have a lot of good info. <laughs> so i definitely recommend thank you. following caleb on facebook awesome well thank you this was so cool i'm so excited to share this the notes on this are going to be insanity
1: <laughs> you little so homework there.
0: links like i have like three pages of notes here just for the for the show notes so it's going to be awesome thank you for being on the show
1: Thank you so much for having me, Dora, and for taking those notes and for bringing this awareness to everyone who's listening in, because this is more of the info and education we need and support, and I've already seen your other guests on the podcast, and some are very close friends, and it's just beautiful to see you be able to bring your light to the world through this podcast, through the works that you do, and help transform people's lives for the better. It just helps us all level up for all the coming generations, so thank you very much, and thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the show. Wow, how amazing was this episode? If you are interested in trying a keto diet or holistic biohacking appeals to you, you can find the links to Caleb's info in the show notes. My website is still under construction, as you may have noticed, but it should be up soon. So please bear with me in the meantime. If you have any trouble finding links or show notes, please let me know. Send me a message on Instagram or email me and I can guide you to the right place. Please support the podcast by sharing this episode with someone you love or like or don't like. Just share it with someone who you know will benefit from this episode and please give biohack your beauty a rating on itunes and on spotify because now we're on spotify as well it would mean the world to me and it would be a powerful way for us to grow and biohack the world which is our mission it's my mission so thank you for listening have a beautiful week